0: My mama would say You gotta fight for what is right To her I would say I wanna give back Oh
1: Patriots. Tonight is Saturday, February 17th in the year 2024. twenty four. I'm Michelle. How are you doing?
2: I'm very well, Mr. Kesterson. How are you?
1: Good. We're going to be uh, doing another one of our great combined shows. Tonight we're going to be talking about the gospel of peace through the lens of the new film by Robbie Starbuck, which is The War on Children, correct?
2: Yes. Yes. Phenomenal. Cool. Phenomenal. Documentary,
1: And not only Leah going to be a little bit late and we have a special guest, which is going to be really enjoyable. A young protege of Michelle and Leah by the name of Leah, who is literally on fire for Jesus. This young lady is and she's watched the film and she's going to be giving her perspective. And she, what is she, 16?
2: She's 15. She's I had to look up what Generation Z was specifically. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised that, they, that both she and um, Abigail qualify as Gen Zers, but they're at the very tail end of it.
1: Oh wow. Okay. Well, hey, let me just make a quick call out uh, for just momentary. So we are we have a wonderful sponsor that's joined us, and this sponsor is one that deals with debt. A lot of people have debt issues when debt issues are really a problem, because when we have debt, it's difficult for us to stay focused on our relationship with God. Debt can be one of those most overwhelming things that we do and We don't want to have that in your life. So when you're dealing with debt, if you have debt issues, there's a great company now called Done With Debt and it really can become your lifeline. So all you have to do is head on over to donewithdebt.com. They have some ingenious new strategies to help erase your debt and make it easier than you possibly thought it could be to get rid of that debt. Many of these things are time sensitive. So it's important to get hold of them and take, they'll do an assessment of what you have, what you qualify for. They'll figure out ways to cut your interest rates. They have a skilled staff negotiators to help you bring your your debt down and get rid of it permanently out of your life without having to deal with bankruptcy or alone. So head on over to donewithdebt.com. Check out their brilliant experts. They are and in helping you eliminate debt. And get into a debt-free lifestyle. So again, donewithdebt.com, donewithdebt.com. Check them out. You'll be very happy you did. Okay. So, Michelle, what was your impressions of this film?
2: Um. Deep down inside, I'm a little child. So there's a little bit of I told you so in me. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Sorry. I'm maybe like five years old inside, but literally there were several times where I was like, ain't I been saying it, Miguel? That's from Independence Day. Ain't I been saying it? You know, the the aliens are real. They literally abducted me. Ain't I been saying it? Like, that's how I felt with this whole thing. Like, they talked about Alfred Kinsey. They talked about everything that we've been saying and people are going, the aliens aren't real. And I'm going, but I know. Okay, I've been there. And so yeah, that my impression of the film, if I'm not being completely immature about it, was that um this the spirit of God is moving in a direction. And I got a word going into 2020 that said for those who have tuned their dial to hear what the spirit of the Lord is saying, they will hear this. And for those and I and so what what I Thought was wow Robbie and his wife really have their dials tuned in to what the Holy Spirit is saying. My impression of the film was they expertly grasped the satanic push on society targeted at children specifically. It's always this goes back to like Baal worship and Malek and like passing your kids through the fire. They expertly grasped that and was they were able to portray it to a place where it's like now you're gonna have to do something about this Mm -hmm. sound of freedom did the same thing now you've seen it really really seen it in its full regalia now what are you gonna do i i was blown away by this film and then even more blown away which is why we're bringing uh leah on tonight little leah because she's in it now she's working on being pulled from the public school system, but right now she's there.
3: What
1: okay? do you mean? She's physically in the film.
2: She's physically in public school right now. No, no, you said her she's her mom in are trying to get her. You're saying like, she's
1: in the process of the what the film. She's film's in the process talking.
2: of becoming homeschooled. Yeah, okay, right? got it, got it. They're they're trying to work that out. They got a bunch of things going on, but they she is going to be homeschooled. But for right now, she's in this system, and so to to be able to hear her perspective, Leah Faith um was like we really need to get Leah and Abigail on to talk about their generation. And this film, you know, at first Leah Faith was like, maybe I shouldn't even send it to the girls because it's, it's intense. Right. Scott, like the, the stuff that is portrayed in the film is a little bit much. It's some of it I would consider rated R, Mm -hmm. but it's (laughs) rated R as in real. This is really happening. And it's like, you're trying to shelter kids from something that they're already experiencing by saying a kid can't a young, a young person like their age can't watch something like this because it's too, I mean, even as an adult, there were things that I wanted to turn away from just from what they were having to show.
1: I think one of the things that struck me and a lot of things, one of the things that struck me was how complex and sophisticated Mm -hmm. this attack is on kids Mm -hmm. and how many tears down through government and policy. And there's a, there's a stereotype going on out here that the LGBTQ movement and this transgender conversion surgeries, because of the way it's being highlighted, is, is mainly being driven by white uh, people.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: What we're seeing here, and that may be the first wave of, of dysphoria and insanity, but the fact is that the, the way that this is being structured in schools, it is going after every kid. And it doesn't matter your race, it doesn't matter your sex, even though there's now what is there like nine hundred fifty six thousand different genders, something insane. What's that?
2: I think you're like twenty short on that number, but it's
1: close. (laughs) This is literally like (laughs) it's just insane. So Robbie Starbuck and and his wife. Did this film, and if you aren't familiar with it, we should just, we need to kind of tee that up. This is um, the war on children, and it was it was released last Monday, correct? Yeah. And what's really profound about this on the releasing of this film is that, and I want to go to your uh, rally at Dan Patch, the Dan Patch Revival. Which by the way, when we say revival, it means like revival and repentance of the fire of the Holy Spirit. Just so we're saying this, we're not kinda do the drive by thing. It's it's literally like repentance in the heart. So the damn patch revival. If
2: someone is dead, what and you're trying to bring them back to life, what are you trying to do?
1: Revive them. There we go. We're good. So Damp Patch Revival happens on Saturday. We prayed for it here. You guys went all through the night.
3: Mm mm-hmm. yeah.
1: And you did too. You went to like three in the morning, right?
2: Yeah, I think. Well, we didn't go to bed until like four, but yeah.
1: Pretty amazing. And so you have the the revival. It's in Indiana, which is important. Mm -hmm. You prayed against Kinsey. We prayed against Kinsey. Yeah. Because that's kind of the center of power of all this corruption in the family is Kinsey, the Kinsey Institute. And then Monday, unbeknownst to anybody, or at least let's put it this way, unbeknownst to us because we weren't tracking it. The Kinsey, the film by Robbie Starbuck, the War on Children rolls out.
3: Yeah,
1: and the center part of this film is the whole issue of what Kinsey has done in his experiments, his atrocious rape and 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 uh, and pedophil- pedophile attacks on kids. Yeah, and then documented it, which is still stunning to me because it's in the book. I mean, literally by age, what he's done.
2: Table 34, it's vile. It's it literally, mm-hmm. it's categorized because he wanted to seem as scientific as possible, right? Mm-hmm. And so if I may, Please. just for a reminder, and I know a lot of you guys get really queasy. Okay, do we have to talk about this? We're going to talk about it until it's over. Mm-hmm. Okay, Like, I'm sorry, I get it. Like it's not, this is not a comfortable subject for anyone to talk about. No, it's horrible. But this, th- we have to talk about it because kids are being uh, sex trafficked they're being molested every single day, right now. I don't even know what the stats are, but I can guarantee you, thousands of children are literally being molested by men right now. There's thousands of kids that are literally being satanically well, ritually abused. Well, I think right the, now. The, the easiest. And if we don't talk about it, it's like we're just brushing it under the rug.
1: Correct. I mean, the easiest, easiest top coating on this is we are the largest consumer of child pornography. Yes. And a child sex trafficked byproduct, whether that's the child, whether that's some sort of online thing you're doing. This country is the hub of all of that. Yeah. And then it is statistically proven. It's I will say it's proven in studies that porn addictions, where they begin, no matter how they begin, will always end up at the same place. They always end up in child sex pornography. Child
2: sex trafficking, yes. But. Also like each person, you know, we used to work with the young men down at teen challenge and the story was the same with every young man. And we, we were dealing with kids from like, you know, 18 to 35 mm-hmm. of them kids, even though I was younger than some of them. And they all said that pornography started with heterosexual porn. And then there was like, you know, orgy por- porn, like multiple partners then it was homosexual, and then the next thing they know, they're looking at kitty porn. Right,
1: and that's so, the digression. And, okay? and, that, and that's happens. good. And that's that's all about the adrenaline hit, because that's that's the you're getting hit with a dopamine and adrenaline pulse in your body. Every and this is what the body you're trying you become addicted to your own brain chem your neurochemicals. So these are the, right. the peaks that are, people are trying to get again and again and again, and it just drives you further right. and further. So this is right. the. So, so, this- so
2: table 34, yeah, I want to tell, I want to, you, you'd mentioned this. So I want to get this out of the way right here at the beginning. So we don't have to keep hitting it.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Kinsey had tortured. He had a pedophile. He had several pedophiles that he was getting his research from current active. Okay. Um, you're going to, you guys are going to hear about this when Scott has on. Um, oh my gosh. It escapes me right now. Um, Audrey Warner. Yep. I think you have her on the 20th and then you'll air it at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, when she talks about the guy that worked for Hitler, Balusek, something von Braun Balusek or something like that, he was literally abusing kids in Nazi concentration camps and he was sending information back to Alfred Kinsey of his pedophile abuse to these children. So in these tables, they run through children, and you see in table 34, you see a young, I think it's like four year old or something like that, that has. I, an unheard of amount of orgasms in 24 hours. I forgive me for not having it on the top of my head. I try not to retain this stuff, but it's not. ridiculous amount. And what, uh, Judith Reisman said when she was on the Phil Donahue show, she's starting to yell it at, at Phil. Cause he's like sweeping it under the rug. Like it's no big deal. And she says, does a child not, not sleep in 24 hours there. And, and the way that these orgasms are measured are fits of tears, tremors, screaming, kicking, punching, that's the orgasm, right? This child's literally being tormented. And this is the science, okay, that was used to get rid of the common law that we had in our nation, which protected children and had capital punishment for pedophiles. Yeah. And they tell us to trust the science and what you don't know. And I know it makes people uncomfortable to talk about is the connection from this false science to your dad's playboy to why you're messed up and you are you have no idea what a natural sexual intercourse relationship is with your married spouse. And it all goes back to Alfred Kinsey. And the reason why we have all this stuff going on today in our schools and they want to chop off the genitals of kids goes back to these experiments that were done by Alfred Kinsey at the Indiana University in Indiana. So we do this revival that you guys were a part of this wasn't just mm-hmm. resistance chicks bards nation was represented there yep. resistance nation was represented there indiana itself was represented ohio was represented there was a lot of people there we had new jersey leah who is going to come on here shortly uh she and her mom kim were there all the way from new jersey little side note they're on their way in an airplane they see the other i'm gonna i probably should let her tell this story but i'm gonna go ahead and just tell it they see people with their bibles open they start talking to them they were headed to a revival 30 minutes away for a week-long revival. So God literally must have said, I need people to come from all over the place. And these people are coming from New Jersey on the same flight to bring down heaven, to open up the, the stores and the doors of heaven, to bring angels through, to put a stop to this ridiculousness. And then all of a sudden, Robbie Starbucks' film just so happens to debut— like the next day.
1: Like I, or two days after. I want to set and it I'm up. Like, even,
2: that's not a coincidence.
1: Well, I want to set it up even farther, because your the damp patch revival was supposed to happen on originally on the 13th of January.
2: Yes, the 10th. No. It's yeah.
1: The 13th, like that. right? This was Thank you.
2: Yes, it was. I'm sorry. Yes, you're right.
1: 13th of of January. And then the snowstorm right. hit, so you put it off for 3 weeks basically, almost 4. But
2: we built up to it. I mean, you guys were a part of this. We right, did. Right. That's why the gospel of peace is even a show now because right. we started these Saturday shows
3: mm-hmm.
2: where you guys showed up and we brought heaven. And apparently God said, I, two things, which I think you're getting to the, the first one I'll tell you. And then Scott can say the other one. It, we needed cover two weeks of five hour programs of cover before we even got to this place. Okay. And that's, that's so important, and then I, I, I'll i just go ahead and say it. I think that you're about to say, I believe God moved it so that it was going to come out right then that weekend before this, because the, their premiere was set already, right? Mm-hmm. They were going to launch it that Monday. But to move it so that we're we're giving all the force that we possibly can right before this film launches is amazing to me.
1: I, mean, I think it's incredible. And I think that just as you said, this sort of – We're dealing with praying into principalities and and trying to take back spiritual territory on something of this dark, level of darkness and evil. It was really, it was a two week buildup, almost three actually. Well,
2: three if you count it. I mean, the actual weeks, it was two weekends, but three weeks.
1: Three weeks before, and we've had three different shows that we did to bring that in. Oh, look who's on, Leah's on. She's coming. Okay, we're gonna have one of our guests come on right now. This is good.
2: Special, a very special guest. Scott can tell you how much I brag on these girls.
1: So this is really this is these are um, two young.
2: Leah was at Bard's
1: Fest. Yeah, Leah, oh, she was with her right. mom, Kim. Leah's on now. Does she have her camera on?
2: Not yet. She'll get it.
1: She's there a she professional. Is. Oh, There's she her is. mommy.
2: Hi, Kim. Kim was at Bard's Fest. Leah was at Bard's Fest.
1: Audio's connecting. And okay.
2: There we go. She's a general Zer. She knows what she's doing all with right. all this tech stuff <laughs> better than we do.
1: Gen Z. Your mic's still off, by the way.
2: Leah, so. you need to go turn your mic on. You're muted. Yeah, there, there you go. go. Okay. She's got it.
1: Right okay. there.
3: Are <laughs> oh, you great? Oh, you great? Good. <laughs> oh, oh, there's a little echo. Little echo. Mm. Mm.
2: What do we want to do what about I mean? that, Scott?
1: I don't know. It's uh, feedback. Someone else has got another mic on.
2: Well, no, I think it's just coming through her cell phone. There we go. That's good. Can you still hear us? Okay.
1: Okay. We're good. All right. Easy. How are you?
4: Good. How are you?
1: Good. So, we're, we're you know what we're talking about, right?
3: Yeah.
1: Did you go down to the revival at, at Dampatch? Yes. Okay. So, let's introduce you first. So, this is Leah Lumba, right? Is that right? Yeah, Leah
5: Lumba.
4: Lumba. And,
1: and your mother. Hello, Mom. How are you?
5: Hi, Scott. How are you?
1: <laughs> good. Nice to see you. so um so how was the first of all how was the revival how did you like that done it
4: really awesome it was so like you could just feel the presence of the lord the entire time
1: that's awesome so you're 15 years old and on fire for jesus which is great it's always inspiring i'll tell you right now so that's good uh so you managed to see this new film right we want to hear your th- your thoughts. You're, you're right in the middle of all this. I want to hear your thoughts.
4: I, so while I was watching it, I was like jotting down notes and stuff because there was so much like going through my head and all this. And a lot of the stuff I've recognized from going to public school and a lot of the stuff like I saw in the kids in my school that I was seeing the same kids in the documentary. And then I was just able to make all these different connections about what I'm seeing in public school and what I'm seeing in the documentary and the way that teachers and society is trying to attack our teenagers and our children and the way that they're trying to like confuse the parents and make the parents think that like, this is normal. This is all like, okay. And then send like these attacks on the children. So I mean, children, the children are like, am I supposed to go along with this? I don't really know what to do. And I feel like a lot of the time. The children already have their own like the teenagers especially in my school already have their own issues going on and their own trials and tribulations that they're going through and then they see these like lbgtq or all that stuff and these body transformations and these evil agendas pushing their faces and they think that that's like the only escape
3: mm.
4: and then their parents think that that's normal and that's good for them and that these body transformations and that they're quote unquote born in the wrong body, and that maybe if they change this or do that or take these hormones, that they'll be happier where they are. But it's like the saying like the grass is always the grass isn't that green on the other side. Like you can make these changes, but in reality you're still living in the same self. I
1: have a question on this. Um, Is this is this something you see as is race specific or is it all kids
4: I definitely see it just
1: all the different grades all the different races genders everything like it's just everywhere that's disturbing in itself i think michelle you can probably lift it a bit on the audio a little okay. bit there you go all right so you then from this film you're seeing you're actually just watching a parallel into the, your current reality so you'd say it's pretty accurate with everything that's has been put there Okay, that's all right. So, talk to us a little bit about the type of things they work on in classrooms. In, in classrooms, are they teaching this, and, and throughout the day, or is it is it just specific classes, or is it just the, kind of the entire programming structure of everything you're learning is being is trying to inoculate kids with this idea that you're you're gender confused, essentially?
4: I think in my school district, it's more specific classrooms like in the elementary schools, I know they've been bringing up a lot of really like just morbid topics to kindergartners. And in my high school, where I'm currently going, North Arlington High School, they're very like based on like different teachers are teaching different things. Like my history teacher doesn't really bring up anything like that. And none of my teachers personally do, but I've heard a lot of stories of other teachers bringing up gender and, like race and all these different ideas and some teachers have pride flags in their classrooms and these different like messages and like what are your pronouns and all stuff like that just from the first day of school where I feel like other teachers aren't as pushy with it but it's definitely just an idea that circulates around the building.
2: So Leah, can you tell that story that went, that happened in your school about the um, teacher that gave the either or?
4: Oh yeah. So we had a, I think it was a biology teacher who was teaching a class of juniors in my school. And he asked, I think it was a he, he asked a group of students if they would rather rape a baby or bomb, I think it was a school. I think it was rape a baby or bomb a school. And he asked that in the middle of like a lesson to a group of juniors. And I wasn't in that classroom, but everyone from what I've heard, everyone was just shocked and didn't know how to react. And there was a teacher's aide in that classroom who started like freaking out and called the office and thankfully that teacher was fired. But I felt like that was just horrible because that idea was kind of just brought out there. And the fact that that was even spoken out into existence in my school. And I just feel like the fact that he was even thinking that shows that he just had some demonic in his like demonic beings and demonic forces in him to even speak that out to a group of
1: 15, 16, 17-year-old teenagers. Wow. That's, I, I can't even imagine the type of question. You're right. He did speak it into existence, which is the problem, because now it's in it's in the mind, right? So uh,
2: so I have some breaking news. Yes. Scott Kesserson yes. and Leah and Kim and everybody. So Leah just now texted um, Tag from the Dan Patch revival uh-huh. and said that uh, Leah is on with Michelle, and Scott discussing the war on children. And as soon as they went live, Elon tweeted out the war on children film. And Leah wrote, Kinsey is going down. So Elon Musk literally tweets out worth watching, especially for parents.
1: Yeah. This is a good thing Musk. right here. Nice job. So, the,
2: so literally, as soon as we go live at nine 58, we go live at 10 at the exact, I'm telling you guys, God is is orchestrating everything and God is even moving on Elon Musk. Yeah. To time it like right now at the same time as we're doing our show. I mean, this is absolutely phenomenal.
1: It is. <laughs> I'm going to tell- <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, this good. is this is amazing. Go God. Go, <laughs> Go God. God. Go God. Oh God. I'll tell you right okay,
2: now. Okay, so Leah, this story that you're telling When you told it to Leah Faith and I, I was, you you shouldn't actually be surprised, right, Scott, like that this that these teachers would say or do something like that. But I want to kind of expound on my gut reaction when I heard this story was if a teacher is going to present a an either or like that, what you have now done is you are it's it's um, you've now raped that child whose mind you just spoke into because you are causing them to mentally picture raping a child right Mm -hmm. this had nothing to do with the bombing of the kids school i think the other option was right, Leah, like bombing a school or something
4: yeah i think it was like bomb a school with all your family in
1: it right right so that's a nice
2: that's a nice and 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 awful but i don't think that that was the agenda I think the agenda was for to to really uh, get a a, these kids in the class to start thinking about physically doing that act. Do you think I'm wrong, Kesterson?
1: No, I know because we're dealing with pedophiles and we're dealing with perverts. And I and I'm I mean, we can we have to separate sin from sinner. There's still pedophiles and perverts in this current state. And this is the problem is that they've encouraged this lifestyle that they've been bringing these people into. And I do this history all the time. You have to go back to the 70s. And you have to look at where the origins of much of this came from. It started with the Liverpodlian, which is from Liverpool, Liverpodlian radical gay movement that linked up with the pedophile movement in England. And they tried to form a unified political party, which was ultimately to cover the crimes of, of the prince, Charles. That was the whole idea. And England rebuked it, and that's about the same parallel time that this war began, really, in the gender piece, because you trace back there, and then you're going to start finding in the modeling industry, and you're going to find the mm-hmm. Victoria's Secret rise. I always tell people, you heard me say it, like, the secret is what? They're actually men?
3: Know. You know. yes. <laughs> I can't with you. Literally, <laughs> telling you literally
2: you know if this helps you if it helps you Scott Kesterson then by all means okay but literally every female that is disgusting to you is a man
1: what I,
2: I, I, yes no I'm serious Taylor Swift she's a dude like she has a, she has an, an Adams like apple around, Cra- Taylor Swift has an
1: Adam's apple Come on! I almost do too. No, uh, you don't. Not like I that. I don't, but it's there. No, no no, 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 no. I'm telling you, she's just
2: a corrupt witch. You know, <laughs> Proverbs <laughs> talks all about how these corrupt women. There are a bunch of li- lizard head women out there.
1: You're using my term.
2: I did say lizard. You did head. Did I did say lizard head. head. Okay, but they, okay. Are, they uh, okay.
1: are demonic. We we could go there. We could go there and the call lizard heads. <laughs> Sorry, Leah. We're just we're just kind of going on here a bit. So it's no. On.
2: Okay, so Leah's. You already are totally convinced that homeschooling is the route. However, very interestingly enough, and to our benefit for specifically this film, you're still there. And so I wonder if you can't speak to your thoughts as you were watching the film, thinking about your friends and different things that they're going through and kind of seeing like, actually, this was this was a targeted agenda towards my peers. So do you have any thoughts on that? Like what were your thoughts on the film when you were watching it?
4: I, like I said, I could really feel the connection between like, there was the one, I don't remember her exact name, but there was the one girl on the film when they were asking her and she was talking about how she saw her peers doing things once, like smoking once or watching pornography once and then just going down that like pathway. And I think she said like he watched it once and then he didn't stop and he just continuously went down that. Yeah. My friends, I have maybe like Christian Catholic friends, so I don't personally in my little friend group, I don't personally see that too, too much. But in my school, I see kids that I've grown up with since pre-K go down these routes where they're misbehaving and acting out, and then they're put on medications for ADHD and anxiety, and then they turn to smoking weed and getting into sexual relationships. And it's like, you could just see that weight on a person Even if I don't necessarily talk to that person all the time or know that person, you can still see them going down that type of path where they're following down the evil and in the documentary, it talks about that a lot where the children are so confused, where they're going down these evil paths and taking on these evil ways and thinking that they should change their bodies or go to drugs or go to pornography to help them out of these things. But in reality, that's just bringing more demons on them and pushing them deeper down the holes.
1: Let's let's talk about age on that. You just said some amazing things because you're fifteen and you're already seeing sexual relations at fifteen, drugs at fifteen. What what's what are we talking about in age on some of this stuff? I
4: think a lot of it starts as early as middle school.
1: So you're talking like that, twelve. Yeah. Oh my um, gosh. When you first go into middle school, you're
4: eleven, right? Sixth grade? You're eleven. I wouldn't say I see it as much in like the sixth graders. I mean, I'm not there, so I couldn't really say, but when I was in sixth grade, well, when I was in middle school, it was COVID. So I started sixth grade and then we immediately went into COVID like halfway through the year. But I definitely see with the middle, so the current middle schoolers that like the set, the end of seventh grade, the eighth graders, so that's like 12, 13 years old, you already see the kids, not so much with the sexual things, but starting to try nicotine, and just quote unquote try it once it's cool and then as they come into high school the classes get harder the peer pressure becomes more and then they start like changing their ways where oh i tried make a team once when i was in eighth grade now i'm going to do it now i'm 14 now i'm 15 and then the addictive behaviors start to really show
1: wow i mean this is okay this is amazing they bad I mean amazing and it's bad. I mean I'm kind of stunned as we're going through this how how early this is in the corruptive process. How you you we're talking about 12-year-olds, 13, 14-year-olds that are literally getting access to things that are supposedly not be able supposed to get until they're 18. Obviously that is a lie. What's mm-hmm. their access points? Are they using like friends of theirs that are in high school? What's going on to get all this?
4: i not 100% sure. I would definitely say it's through more like online things where people are probably selling these types of substances online where they're not really caring about
5: verification
4: <laughs> or people who are using these back doors and using like older kids in high school who have a friend of a friend and then are selling it or types of situations like that.
1: How hard is it for you to maintain a, a strong Christian faith which you have in the midst of all this insanity?
4: I was actually talking about this with my mom earlier. I feel like for me, I usually just kind of go into the school with just like a mindset of I'm here, but like this evil doesn't really have, I don't want to Not that it doesn't affect me because I see the evil and my heart cries out to those children, but I don't allow it to affect the way I'm believing. And I take it in, in a way where I'm able to understand it better and speak about it and pray about it, but I'm not allowing it to really infiltrate my mind or my heart. So I try to just walk through it with just a very light attitude. I'm here to learn. I'm not gonna be affected by these things. I'm With my small group of friends who are Christian Catholics around like that religion base. So I try to just keep a very focused mindset. I'm just like, I'm here for school. I'll sometimes be walking through the hallways and just saying a prayer in my head. If I see something or I, like, hear something that I just don't want to enter me at all, and I just try to keep as strong as I possibly can in those situations.
1: you carry your Bible with you? I don't bring my Bible to school. Okay. This, no, I'm curious. I'm not, it's not a judgment. I'm just curious if you do it or you have to. I mean, I'm, I'm totally impressed with what you're saying. Let's be very clear. It's incredible. I mean, you're, you're literally, like, walking into the trenches of warfare, and you're keeping so, your armor yeah. up.
2: Leah Faith, um, sent this word, Leah, that you sent to us earlier. Is it okay if I read it? Yeah. She said, uh, the Lord was speaking to me. This was about the the documentary.
1: And this is, this is Leah, our guest tonight. This is from
2: Leah, little Leah right here. And you have to, we have two Leahs. we got little Leah and Leah Faith. This is how we differentiate. She's not actually little, but she's littler than our Leah. So there we go. (laughs) And younger. Uh, The Lord was speaking to me. Society and worldly things are trying to corrupt parents and adults and then attack the children. As a child, we are told if anything weird happens or is going on, go to mom and dad. Then the school systems try to take parents out of the equation, try to tell the kids that if you are not ready, you do not have to tell your parents. We will make these decisions with you. But a child cannot consent to these things. A child who cannot go to jail for life or cannot get a tattoo, cannot give informed consent to mutilate their body and cannot give proper consent to take hormones. They are corrupting the adults, trying to make these woke agendas normalized to new parents. These generations are crying out for help as these demonic forces are attempting to attack and we must stand righteously with God against the evil and free our children. From the war placed against them, we must free parents from the corruption they have come to believe and bring God back into households, bring God back into parenting, and bring God back into marriages. Our generations have such a moving fire for God, and they need direction. We need to instill them and prepare them because trials and tribulations may happen, and this is a this is war, but we must be bold in ways and be ready to put on our full armor of God and walk through this time with one goal, to free our children and share the gospel. One Bible verse that really stuck out to me was Proverbs 31, eight speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves for the rights of all who are destitute we must speak up for these children whose voice is being taken away and bring them to god tell them god loves you he made you perfectly in the right body and with the right mind and give them the biggest spiritual um weapon of all the bible she says i know i touched on this in the marco video but i also wanted to send it over here and get go a little more in depth that is from a 15 year old
1: i was just going to say the same thing a 15 year old Nice, nice word, Leah. Beautiful word. We just, we just need like uh, hundred million adults to get that.
2: <laughs> Leah, can you expound a little bit on this idea that you see it as a demonic agenda?
4: So I see it as like, like I said in the message, uh, like de- demons and demonic forces, and people that are pushing these like woke agendas and these demonic things against parents, making parents think that these things, which are actually evil and evil demonic forces, making the parents think that this is normal. If your child does this, like this is just the new trend of 2023 and 2024. And if your child does that, just support your kid. But really it's just teaching, especially newer parents, that these demonic things and these demonic ways are just the new way of the world that try to say that like god isn't in schools and god does not need to be in your marriage and you can still have a good marriage and have raise your kids right and then these children are faced with these demons through social media platforms through schools through their teachers through their friends if uh, a lot of the times i see like let's say a 14 year old boy and his 16 year old like cousin or whatever vapes and then it's like oh just try it come on it's cool it's cool it's normal every boy does it and then that kid tries it and likes that flavor, that color, and then wants to keep doing it. That's a demonic press. And people just see it as that society, that's boys nowadays, but it really is just demonic presses and demons that are trying to enter in these different ways through worldly things that have been made so normal.
1: I would say your own testimony and be able to walk in your day and putting prayer in your head, you're reciting prayer in the midst of this trench warfare, is testimony to the power of of faith and, and uh, the probably also equally a testimony to the lack of spiritual armor of your peers. What's your thought?
4: I would definitely say that that could really be a good, like, I feel like testimony is really important to allow other people to see the way God can move. And I feel like teenagers, Need to hear that God loves them and He could do what He's doing in not necessarily my life, but He could do these amazing things that He's doing in other people's lives, and instill you with that same Mm. desire and that same power, and that you don't need to be trapped by these evil things, and you don't need to go down this evil path, and don't need to go towards the devil, and that there's another direction where you can go towards the Lord. And I always say, like, you need to tell kids God loves you, and I. A while ago I had this saw this idea on a social media on um, I think it was Instagram where someone was writing Bible verse cards with scripture on them. And I brought that into my school and I was putting them out. And I kind of expected children the teenagers and the kids to rip them off, to throw them out, to mock them. But like a few days later, I went in that bathroom and the kids had put them on top of the mirrors. God loves you, Bible verses, scripture. And I just felt like that was such proof that the young boys and girls in our generation just need to hear that God loves them, that God is there for them. Because these people who I thought were going to have negative reactions spoke, like took that information so well, put it in the mirrors for more people who are looking at themselves to see God loves you.
1: Let me ask you a question. Do you think that there's a, a, through this barrage of messaging and the demonic influence on these youth, do you think that the, there's a message that's settling in on that you're, that you're unworthy and you're imperfect. Do you think that message is coming in?
4: Definitely. I would say a lot of kids hear that from their parents, hear that from their teachers, from their peers. And that message is just overflowing their minds that like, you're not good enough for this. A child gets bad grades instead of the parent trying to support them. The parents over flooding their minds with like, it's the fact that you do this, it's the fact that you do that. You're unworthy. You're not good enough. You're stupid. You don't, you're not going to get anywhere in life. And often it's like generational curses, but also words that were speaking over the children message. That's flooding, especially teenagers that like, you're never going to amount to anything. Why do you even try to get good grades? If you're never going to go to college or you're never going to get a job. Wow. You've already done what's wrong in your life. Why are you pushing and trying to be better for yourself? And then it infiltrates the mind and the heart and the body. And then the person, those teenagers begin to think like, you know what? Maybe my uncle or maybe my dad, or maybe my mom's right. Maybe my teacher's right. I failed that history test. I'm just going to stop contra- trying completely.
1: This is so dark. And it's simply, it's solved so simply is what you're saying. It's it's solved because you're just, it. What the message that needs to be put there is, God loves you, Jesus loves you, and you're forgiven. That's
3: good.
1: Is that was is that about it.
4: I feel like I definitely. Um, I'm trying to think. I feel like in my school, that was the one thing so far that I've really done, was with the Bible cards and everything, and just seeing the way everybody reacted, the fact that people weren't ripping them up and weren't mocking them, weren't writing cruel things on them. And I feel like that just shows the true heart of our generation, that they don't really want to go down these evil paths. And they don't want to destroy their bodies. And they don't want to have to go to guidance counselors or go to their parents mm-hmm. and told all these lies. They truly just want to know somebody loves them. Often the word love is taken out of households. And instead of every night before bed or every morning, just saying, I love you. I appreciate you. I'm so grateful for you. These teenagers are slamming their door shut after a huge argument with their parents and then going into their rooms and thinking, I hate my life. I hate my household. Why is this all happening to me? Instead of knowing that they have parents who love them, God loves them. And there's a community of people who love them.
1: I just want to emphasize this point. This is a 15 year old girl. (laughs) <laughs> that is speaking wisdom that I have a hard time finding in people, even my age at 59. I'm serious. I mean, this is, I'm impressed and you're you're blessed. And I just really appreciate you having being on the show tonight, Leah. I just want you to know that. I mean, it's, and I, I want to encourage you as much as possible. You have two amazing ladies around you besides your mom, but Michelle and Leah, who are just lit with the Holy Spirit. And you're blessed to have them there for you. I know they speak very highly of you. This is, I mean, this is just an amazing engagement tonight to listen to you talk, and it speaks so highly not only of you but of the potential of your generation, which I think is so profound. And we need more of this because you what you're speaking of here is that yes, you are walking an amazing lane with the with the Holy Spirit. You're walking with the the confidence, the power, the armor of God. But what you're also pointing out is there's a whole army of kids there that are needing, that are ready to step into that. They just need to hear the words, "I love you," Jesus loves you, you're forgiven, and just show them the way. And I just get the sense like if that message was there, like if we brought all of them to what we had at Bard's Fest, I would be willing to bet that almost every one of your peers would be baptized in water and baptized in fire, and we we would just literally be lighting up the entire your entire school. So, with that idea, if you had that sort of explosion at school, like a, just really a lit moment where people are just lit with the Holy Spirit in, in water and fire, how do you think that would change the dynamics? Like, would it drive some of these evil teachers out of the job, which would be nice? What's your thought? Um, I think that a lot of the
4: teachers do have evil agendas. And if all these children just took a and teenagers took a stand against it and were baptized in water and baptized in fire and were no longer accepting of it, I definitely do think some teachers would automatically flee and the demons would flee. <laughs> but I also think some teachers may be not like a little almost grateful that they finally don't have to be under that agenda and under that fear of what if I offend this kid, what if I offend that kid? And then they go. And I, have, I end up getting fired and I can't provide for my family anymore because I see that some of my teachers, I feel like are genuinely just so mixed up and confused because they don't want to say something that will offend so-and-so in the back and lose their job. But they also don't want to teach these woke agendas.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: So although some teachers would definitely like that teacher who asked that, like this or this question to that classroom. The second it was brought to the light, he immediately got fired and he was just, he's probably never gonna be able to become a teacher again.
2: He should have been arrested. Really
4: should
1: have. I would waterboard him.
3: <laughs>
1: Sorry, <laughs> so I, I, feel like I had to throw that in there. <laughs> I, I would be, it would be holy water. He would be holy water.
3: But I'd holy it's water holy waterboard water, water,
1: so, him. so
2: if you can breathe, then the Lord wants you to live.
1: Right, so. right. <laughs> I would holy water waterboard him. We would, Leah, we would get to the revelation of truth and oh repentance.
3: This is what I deal with.
2: Okay. Um, I, <laughs> so distracting. Okay. This is why they come to your show. I know. It. Um, our viewers are snickering. So, Leah, I'm, I'm rereading this message. And one thing that really stands out to me, and this stood out to me when... Um, you did your Marco Polo message to us and you really heavily emphasized this inability to consent to these things. Can you expound on your righteous indignation about that? Like, wait a minute, they can do all these things, but they can't consent to get a tattoo. They can't consent, but they can consent to chop off body parts.
4: I feel like that is truly just a part of the evil agenda where they're saying this, like, let's say 10 year old girl can't walk into a store and buy herself a lottery ticket. And if you saw that girl walking into a store, or walking into ShopRite and trying to buy that lottery ticket, people would look and be confused and probably all be talking about that for weeks and weeks and weeks. And that same 10-year-old girl can walk into a school guidance counselor and just say like, I don't like, I wanna change my body. I wanna take hormones to become more masculine. And that guidance counselor is gonna be like, absolutely, Let's go do that. I'm going to find you the resources. I'm going to get you the doctor. And it's just like, if a child cannot buy a lottery ticket and you would find that so absurd that a child is walking into a store, they're underage, they're not 21. Why would a child be trying to do this? And then you support that same child who has no idea what they're getting themselves into and thinks that that's the new trend. All my friends are doing it. So I'm going to go do it. And one of the things that really spoke to me was about tattoos in order to get a tattoo, which is a permanent altercation to your body under the age of like 18, you have to have a parent there, but you can go into hospitals and get these major life-changing surgeries and not have a parent anywhere present with you, not have a signature. And that is such a demonic thing that you would see a 15 year old with a tattoo and automatically know, okay, a parent signed to that that was okay in that family but Mm -hmm. you can see a 15 year old who cut her breasts off and everyone no one would question if the parents knew about it who brought the kid there who drove that child that kid can't have their own license to drive themselves to the clinic but they're still able to go into that room and make uninformed decisions because then the doctors and the guidance counselors and the peers aren't informing the kids and the teenagers about what they're actually doing oh it's just a hormone it's going to make your voice voice go deeper but then they have these permanent life-changing altercations and mutilations done to their body that an eight-year-old girl may regret when she's 30 but she doesn't she didn't know that when she was eight
2: do you feel sorry scott this just goes with that just one little quick quick question do you feel like that your peers really know what they're getting into when they say that they are non-binary or they decide to to do some sort of gender transition or or anything you know outside of the way that god created them. do you think that they fully understand what is going on like do you get that impression from them like they are fully informed no. i would like i feel
4: like this especially in my school since from my experiences, the teachers aren't necessarily talking about transforming your body. They're more just saying like, whatever you want to do, whatever you're comfortable with, whatever makes you feel like you, whatever pronouns you want to go by. And it makes it seem like such a simple, normal thing. Like if you want to be called this, or you want to act like a cat, that's perfectly normal.
2: (laughs) Is that a thing? Like, I mean, I I hear about it, but like, Local school here, Milford, unfortunately, we live in a very conservative area, but our school is riddled with homosexual teachers and the kids, because there's so many homosexual teachers, are all transitioning and it's just totally demonic. And there's these furries, like these kids that are dressing up and think that they are animals. Is that a literal, like, I I laugh at the very idea. Is that a literal thing? Do you have kids at your school that think that they're animals? Yes. What? (laughs) Expound on that, please, for the rest of the class.
4: Huh. In, the, in the town next to us there's litter boxes in the bathroom for children and kids and teenagers who don't feel comfortable going to the bathroom in a toilet bowl because they think that they're cats.
1: Who cleans this?
4: I I have no idea.
1: I I'm okay, I'm just I'm just, I'm trying to wrap my head around this. <laughs> So for okay, we, so, I
2: think that Milford has those same litter boxes. I kid you not. I'm pretty sure that I've I've heard that um, that we do because all it takes is one student, right? Um, okay, Kim, you come from a different generation.
1: Yes, so do I. <laughs> I just want to be clear what? about this. I'm just gonna just let me say this. If you had been like a furry when I when I went to school. <laughs> you'd end up over behind the votex shop and somebody probably take a two by four and beat you and then chain you to the wall and say figure it out and walk away that was my group of people at school just saying all with love all with love
2: on on all of this kim
5: well the thing with the furries the, the parents actually knit ears for their kids and send them to school with little knitted ears and they think it's so adorable that susie thinks she's a cat And the absurdity behind the parents actually co-signing daughter wants to be a cat is completely ridiculous because if you can't stand up with your child and say, Hey, you thinking you're a cat is not okay. We need to talk about this, you know? And for me, I pray over my children all the time. When Leah leaves the house, when she goes to bed, I play the blood of Jesus over her all Mm -hmm. the time, to protect her from all these things that are going on around her. But the parents that are just saying, oh, well, it's okay. The teachers are afraid to speak against what's going on because the parents go in like tyrants and fight with the teachers. So it's become so normalized in the mind of the parents and then kids that are transgender get special attention by all the teachers. They go into the school and they get special attention because the teachers are afraid of offending them so they walk on eggshells around them so the kids are almost put up on a pedestal so then the kids that are having difficulties at home and don't have any parent or or a person to go to to say hey this is what's going on in my life those children are looking at the kids that are getting the special treatment and saying yeah. oh wait if i do this i yeah. can get special treatment if i wear a binder and and go to school and say, I'm a boy, then I'm gonna get looked at like I'm something different and special. And they thrive on that attention. And that attention should be, like Leah said, Jesus loves you. You have alternative options. I'm starting a community outreach. I started with the Board of Ed a, a couple of months ago and my next door neighbor, her daughter who is four came home and told her dad that daddies can wear dresses and that my teacher told me that I can touch daddy in a certain way. And if you have certain body parts and she was speaking of male genitalia to her parents at home. Wait a minute,
2: wait a minute, but just pause, pause. I know you're on a a stream of of consciousness that's just very fascinating to me and I just have to, okay, hang on. (laughs) This child said that the teacher said that she could touch daddy in a certain place Has this teacher been arrested?
5: No, there was actually a book presented in the classroom that literally makes me sick that it was a seven-year-old girl masturbating her dad and pleasuring her dad and the dad was crying and the daughter was questioning, daddy, did I not make you happy? And they read this in the classroom to these children.
2: Okay, Scott Kesterson and I just both, the hair on our backs stood up at the same time because I watched it. Okay. I, okay, I, hang I, on. I, wait, 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 wait. Mm, this is a book mm, in the school.
1: Mm, that was read in the classroom. About... I, I swear I'm going to go get my sword right now. <laughs> wait, a
2: minute, wait, a minute, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Kim. Yeah. Kim. I can't. We're going to get to your outreach in a second. I just need to establish some parameters here. This is is happening in a place that you are aware of. Like, this isn't hearsay. This isn't some sort of, like, viral video. You know of this.
5: I, my next-door neighbor, who I spoke with at length, and I went to the Board of Ed and got the curriculum and started a problem within the Board of Ed, arguing with them about what's going on and why a four-year-old child would be being presented with such horrific information. It's literally condoning incest. It's, it's- not condoning, it's educating.
2: Yes. Reading, writing, and arithmetic. Yes. A little bit of history. Hang on, science. This is, sex education is not sex education. It's grooming. At this, at this point, burn the building down with the people in it. I just got converted to Kesterson. <laughs> like I can't, this is. I'm sorry that you don't. No, 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 no. All of this stuff was done behind closed doors. But now you're talking about being okay. So what happened? You go, and you're fighting the board. What happens?
5: Unfortunately, because my children are not in the elementary school, I'm not privy to all the all of the information. Okay. So I went to the board of education meetings, and I started a group on our local Facebook and uh-huh. start trying to get other parents to engage but the parents are afraid that their kids are going to get singled out the parents are just afraid it's it's
2: what kind of parents what kind of people are this is my generation what is wrong with these people And just like these to, are not parents
1: i'm just gonna read matthew 18 6 here it comes But whoever causes one of these little ones who believes in me to stumble, that's it, stumble. This is NASB 1995, one of the most accurate translations currently. It would be better, and I want to stress that word, better, for him to have a heavy millstone hung around his neck, stress heavy, and be drowned in the depths of the sea. Can you imagine what you'd get if you don't get the millstone? This is insane, and I you know this this is I really have a I'm, I'm just gonna go on a bit of a rant for a moment. Sorry.
3: Go ahead, Kim.
1: Sorry, forgive me, Leah. It won't be bad. It's just is gonna be me being honest. Biblically, these people have no right to exist. Biblically, when you do something like this, the community has the right to put a millstone around that fool and throw him into the lake and watch him drown. And it's just the way it is because there's. I've said this before. I could do this and walk before the throne, and people would be like, "You did a crime." I'd be like, "God's not going to forget. He's not going to condemn me. He's going to celebrate it because I took care of a pedophile." This is insane. I think this is this is the this is where I talk so much about the broken pulpit, because there's no fire in the pulpit to talk about this, other than to try to delicately walk. Kim, I congratulate you to trying to protect your daughter. Truly, I my my rage goes at the pulpit. Because there's nothing coming out of the pulpit saying people go start a millstone company. I would. I mean, I'm saying it now. Start a millstone company and start making them. And then we need some people to start tying hamper <laughs> ropes
2: Wait a minute. You cannot. This is literal inciting violence.
1: No, I'm not. I'm encouraging God. somebody to start a business. Okay. I didn't say what to do with them. I just said start oh a millstone company.
2: Oh, my gosh. Keep going. Man, away.
1: I'm just, I, I, I mean, where where is the strength? I'm serious. Like, I'm sitting here just in awe. I'm, I'm in, stunned. I'm in awe. I'm, I'm in awe, not in a good way. My jaws dropped in hearing this. We've heard these stories. I hear people telling me, it's not really that bad. I think it's only limited to one group of people. It's really not that like we think it is. And we're getting this from the ground truth of a 15-year-old, very intelligent, very awake, very much in love with Jesus, young girl who's walking this path. And having to walk this path with the armor of God on her every single day because she's trenching through this sewer of Mm -hmm. ideological garbage that's being pumped into these kids. She's bringing in, Leah, so many compliments to you. You're bringing in hope to these kids by giving them little cards to tell them God loves them, to try to give them some strength. And we have no parents involved here other than Kim. Thank you. not, Not including, but I'm saying as a general, this is a big broad brush comment. These kids are getting slaughtered. Literally, I mean, you're, you're taking the kids. We're throwing them to the den of wolves, and we're going. Oh, I wonder why. Wonder why my child's confused. And then to make it worse, see this. This gets under my skin a lot because in 2017, 2018, and 2019, I worked out of a small church in Southern Georgia, a Baptist church, and I started to get people. I was lighting people up for letting their kids use this Instagram thing where they could put these little cat ears on top of themselves in, in Snapchat yeah, yeah, and Instagram. Yeah, yeah. And I was getting lit up and they're like, well, it's just OK. And I'm like, it's not OK. This is straight up demonic. You don't even see it happening. Mm-hmm. And see, mm-hmm. that's, where the, that's where the social engineering comes in. You start to get kids going, oh, look at this. I'm going to put a picture. And Then mom does it, puts a picture of themselves with cat ears on them. And then the next thing you know, mom's sewing up cat ears and they're sending their kids to school and they're going, oh, I'm, I'm going to use a mm-hmm. litter box. And then I want to know about the janitor. Like, why don't we have a janitor strike? Seriously. I mean, you're going along with this Do stuff. you know
2: that human feces smells way worse than like animal stuff? Like I can't even imagine how this is even, this is real. Like this is, go ahead, Kim. You, you were going to say something.
5: Because imagine the, the kids that don't pretend to be cats and you walk into the bathroom and there's this child squatting over a litter box. Like it's mentally traumatizing for the kids that aren't that way. But because that child's getting special treatment, mm-hmm. if it issues at home, if those children aren't prayed over, if nobody's in their corner, they are going to go right down that trail with them. And mm-hmm. if it's a litter box, it's the drugs. It's wow. there's so many kids doing drugs, smoking pot, taking pills, and the 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 true armor is what protects the children that I care about all the time, and I speak out for the kids all the time. I'm involved as much as I can be. I do community outreach. Um, cracking nut on Bards Chat made me uh, some of the crosses that we got at Bards Fest. And I put up a post and said, hey, can any, if anyone needs prayer, this is the story behind one cross that I prayed with this woman whose friend was in the hospital and her friend recovered. Wow. And he saw me a few weeks later at the laundromat. She said, oh my gosh, thank you so much. And now every time I see her, we pray together. And her name is Maureen. And I say, oh, how are you? And she's an older woman. And we just chat. And she's so grateful. So I said, you know what? Let me try this. I put a post up with a picture of the cross and said, this little cross brings miracles. If you're willing to pray, God can bring you a miracle. If anyone needs a prayer, reach out to me and I'll share a cross with you. Well, within 10 minutes, I had 20, 25 messages. Hey, I oh think so-and-so's in the hospital, my friend is sick, My I just lost my mom, me and my dad are going through a really hard time. And that cross just, I met with these people and I had them come to my porch and I said a prayer with them. And some people didn't wanna say a prayer with me, but I left the cross for them and I said a prayer. I said, I'm praying for you. And then about once a week, I'll reach out to each one of those people and just say, just thinking of you, how are you? Do you need a prayer? Wow. Say, oh, my uncle so-and-so and and they everyone is seeking Jesus they just need people to engage them and if you really put yourself out there to engage people and just say people are angry with me and I say you know what I'm going to say a prayer for you God bless you and that makes them more angry but sometimes you have to just take a step back and really just put it to prayer and tell people hey I'm willing to pray for you do you need a prayer and it is so powerful that that little, that little cross has brought so many people to God, to a prayer, to just pray together and bring us all together in unity. People just have to be willing to reach out.
1: Leah, do you have a Founder's Bible? My mom does. Michelle, would you, on me, would you please send her one from your stock? Absolutely. Thank
5: you. I just sent her history teacher one.
1: No, this is for you. This is for you, Leah. Oh my gosh. So <clears throat> I I have
2: to I have to do a little bragging here on both Leah and Kim because what I witnessed at the Dan Patch revival with these two who to my knowledge, aside from all of this prayer that you just said, you know, you guys have never been part of a, a prayer team, have you? No. Right. So we Leah and I are used to doing a lot of events where we go and we pray for people but we're usually partnered with other with other people that have prayer teams okay and so at the dan patch revival leah and kim came as part of our prayer team and (laughs) they stepped up to the plate in such a huge way to be able to listen and then bring holy spirit to that moment and I, I prayed for Kim, I had asked her prior if she was filled with the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues. And she said, no, she hadn't gotten her prayer language yet. And then at the near the end of the night, I grabbed her and I, I was like, I came literally that, that i you know, I'm like a, a beet of honey here. I'm like, let's go. And that God gave me this word for her. And I want this to encourage some of you out there. Kim is evidencing through her stories that she's telling that she was filled with the Holy Spirit. She just didn't have her prayer language yet. Okay and so immediately practically we're praying and kim or and and leah uh standing in front of little leah standing in front of her mom holding her hands and i just literally said to her you're already filled with the holy spirit you just need your prayer language and she starts praying out so and then um and and kim you can tell this if you want but she saw a huge flash of light and i like literally i'm holding her like I'm kind of touching her and and Leah's holding her hands and I feel her like she's literally, you can, you can see the weight of the Holy spirit falling on her. There are so many of you out there that are filled with the Holy spirit and you don't even know it yet. You're already operating like Kim in the gifts of the Holy spirit, which you're evangelizing. You are praying for people. You are doing this. So you need to know that you have this, you are, you are already supercharged. Okay just start walking in it because when you do demons flee i can guarantee you because i've already heard from kim she takes on demons okay you guys have the ability to take on demons we all have this ability now you need you need that supercharge okay and this isn't a show about getting filled with the holy spirit but i do want to encourage you as i'm listening to kim and i'm going you, you can't evangelize the way that she has been doing without being filled with the Holy Spirit, okay? So you need to understand you have way more in you than you think you do, okay? And Kim is a perfect example of that. And, and Leah is, is clearly taking the Holy Spirit to school, not just with these cards, just with her presence, okay? When we do that, we are pulling down rulers and principalities, and, and Kim, just what you mentioned in taking on this school board, the reason why most people don't take them on is because they're not spiritually equipped to do so. Because as soon as you start taking on the devil, the devil starts to fight back, okay? And I know that you guys have experienced that. And you need to actually stand your ground. And when you do and you are immovable, the devil must move. And the devil, the Bible says, resist the devil and he shall flee. But first, before that, we, we skip saying this a lot. Submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee. Kim and Leah have already submitted to God. I mean, Kim Kim is Bard's Nation through and through. Kim, how, how long have you been listening to Scott?
5: Mm, a little
2: over four years. Wow. <laughs> okay. Wow. So, I mean, Kim Kim and Leah represent Bard's Nation. I mean, they. it sounds like they're coming from Resistance Nation, though. We adopted them. Okay? That's good. They're Bard's Nation through and through. Kim is a huge part of Bards Nation and the prayer team, like kind of behind the scenes a lot. I know you guys do that phone call throughout the week where you guys pray every morning. And 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 so you guys in Bards Nation are being covered by Kim and a whole host of other people in Bards Nation. So you're not just talking to just anybody. We didn't just have just anybody here on the show, okay? This is family. And I want you guys to to recognize that. And I want you to be inspired that you can do it too, okay? Okay. You just start doing it. how do I get started? Open up your Bible and start, and open up your mouth mm-hmm. right like seriously just start talking to people and start engaging them. Kim, did you have you seen the documentary yet? I have yes okay what were your thoughts as a parent?
5: My immediate thought is um, empathy because mm-hmm. I, I see the parents that I engage with that are just afraid don't want to they don't want to ruffle anyone's feathers they don't want to upset their child when their child's confused they don't know how to really address their child and say hey it's okay to be confused you know i'm here they i hear parents all the time just speaking such negativity like leah was saying earlier they speak such negative things over their kids you know you're a failure your grades are horrible you know, excuse my French, but you suck, you're you're terrible at this, you know. I you're supposed to do this and supposed to and supposed to they put them they try to make them be something that maybe mm-hmm. they're not ready to be. And if you don't have guidance, if you don't have faith, if you don't have God in your corner, Jesus in your heart, you're you're not gonna do as well as you could with mm-hmm. God's heart. And I just feel like when you pray together. And it's just Leah and I, but we pray together every day. We're a a team. We do everything we do together. Um, Leah competes in jujitsu outside of school so that it keeps her disciplined. It keeps her focused on things. It gives her self-defense. It helps her to be a strong young lady so that she feels empowered. And I believe that more, more kids should be involved in some sort of martial art to give them some sort of discipline and strength. I think that the parents just let their kids run amok. They're not involved in their in their time. They don't make the time. A lot of that is society because they're working all the time and I work a lot as well. But I always make time when I when I can, I make the time. The Dan Patch Revival, we booked the flight at 10 o'clock on Friday night. And you know, as you know, we got there. We <laughs> pulled an hour and a half, rented a car, got there, and we flew out the next morning, but we were there for the important part. That's and true. You know, it's just, to me, the parents have to step up and be there for their children. You have to be accountable for your time with your children to sit down at the dinner table and just say, so how was your day? What went on in your day today? You know, even if it's 15 minutes to sit down and really just engage your time with them to understand and want to know what's going on in their life. And at the end of any conversation to always say, I love you. I'm here for whatever it is you need. Hey
1: Leah, I, I'm she really, literally, literally she just
2: came down talking. I was I was telling her to stop
1: talking. I, I'm literally just flipping between righteous indignation and tears and tears right now. Wow, I mean this this is this is so evil. And when you touch evil, and then you're
3: mm.
1: praying into Holy Spirit. And you're just feeling, you know, I, I tell this, I've told this story and it's, and this is it. This is the living part of this and it's God's sorrow and love. Mm-hmm. And this was a three day encounter I had, two day encounter, I said three, two day encounter I had with God. And I don't care what people say, this was incredibly powerful. I mean, because I hear a lot of times it's like, Jesus was sorrow, we're not sorrow. I'm going to tell you right now, God showed me sorrow, like sorrow, like this type of sorrow. Where he's seeing the destruction of his children, and seeing the destruction, and people walking away from him, not because necessarily they they want to, but because they don't know him, and because they don't make the right choices, because they've never known him. And then he showed, you know, this part of this process was why we need to love so much more, mm. why we have to pour more love into this, and so, Leah, little Leah. Your discussion today of, you're going to be Leah Faith tonight and then Little Leah. That's what we have to do to keep this straight.
6: That's what we've done here.
2: Okay.
1: So Little Leah, you're, you're talking about bringing those cards that talk about God loves you and then the scripture and then having the kids put them up on the wall. I mean, that's just, it's so moving to me because the solution isn't difficult. Where, you know, the solution by evil is drugs and complications and counseling and everything possible to continue to scramble the brains of a child and then surgeries, which destroy them forever. And of course, the parents that do that become complicit in one of the greatest crimes they could ever do. That crime being the crime of, a, of mutilating your own child. And they will forever defend that transgender moment because they will—they can't face most of them can never face the requirement of what it takes to be repentant in that moment for what they did. So they will forever be the defenders of this evil that they did. The children are mutilated, and the—and what I there's like parts of this when you start to see how Jesus moves, whether it's the child that's confused or the child that's been victimized you start to see the healing at any point along that is when they when these young children are being given Jesus as a solution point. It's not complicated. But boy, do we make it complicated. And boy, does evil do everything it can to scramble people's brains and the parents become victimized. And everything we're hearing tonight, and it's coming from a front point-of-the-spear fighter You cannot get any more deep into evil, into the bowels of evil, than to walk in public schools. I'm convinced of this. I mean, I I don't think. I mean, I'm really honest when I say this. We hear all these horrors coming across the border, Mm. and there is that. But you're walking in this treachery that doesn't ever have an end. It's like every single day you're coming in, little Leah. You're coming in, and you're having to face a treachery of the mind of the most horrific kind. It's assaulting you, coming at you. You are gonna. You have to constantly keep your prayer and armor up, bless you, for what you do. And you're able to prove the power of Scripture. You're able to prove the power of faith and the power of prayer in the middle of being completely assaulted by the most demonic forces around. And it also reinforces, and there's a, been a couple of prophetic words that the way to solve schools is what the question I asked you, Laleh, was if kids had all accepted Jesus. Those have been some prophetic words spoken. And I, matter of fact, Leah Faith, I think you spoke one of them, which is as these kids rise up and they come to the awakening in Christ and they will literally stand up in schools and they will overthrow the teachers.
7: Which mm-hmm. is- Walk I, out.
1: And, yeah, and I think, matter of fact, I think your word was spoken back in November on that, if I'm not mistaken. This is-, Did this is
6: Something came to me about like everybody with all the transgenders, if they can change their gender, Mm-hmm. They can walk out of school. They got that kind of autonomy.
1: Yeah, they do. That was it. That was that was part of the word. I mean, so I'm just uh, I, I'm voiced we're voicing some things here. I don't want to smother the great conversation we're having here. But it just I mean, this is hitting me so hard tonight. And it because it is so darkly evil, and we're looking at a young lady here, fifteen years old, who's surviving this, not easily, by the way, but surviving this because of God.
3: Mm-hmm. But
1: God. There it is, but God. And it's it's that simple. And then so we go back to what's this first thing on the seven pillars of county by county? It's homeschooling. I mean, it's home churches, which is literally put the Bible and put faith back at the center of the home, at the dinner table, everywhere. It's got to be there. And when we start to rebuild from that point, our children become protected. Our households become protected. Everything else falls in line. But if you're not going to do that, and you're going to walk around with, not having that emphasis and center in all things and and this gets into the root of our whole message on family which we're not going to get into on this show tonight. I mean as far as into the bedroom, but I mean all those sorts of things I mean this you have to clean up the lifestyle of everything and understand the root of this. This whole thing starts with the when we started about the Robbie Starbucks film, which is Kinsey. and so when you're this hearing these testimonies tonight from little Leah about what's going on in public schools, connect the dots because it all goes back to Kinsey and behind Kinsey sits Aleister Crowley and behind all that is the sex magic stuff. It's all there. It's all linked and it's not, it's not disconnected. It's all one big war and attack on the family right down to the bedroom to pollute the home and ultimately destroy the children. My, my brand's done.
6: No, that's so good. You know, um, Leah, my mom, my mom was, I said, cause I, I didn't get to see the first uh, half of the show. And I, I popped in the last uh, 25 or 30 minutes. I said, did she get to give her whole thing that she liked the Marco Polo? And my mom said, she is so articulate. They both are her and her mom are just on fire. And the stories that her, my mom is just so impressed with you, Kim um, probably because she's very much like you. Um, and so Leah we had a conversation about the appropriateness of watching this documentary. What did you say back to me?
4: I honestly, was. me and Abigail are both saying about how these things are so real and we have to see them and know what they're doing in order to put on our armor of God and fight against them. And unfortunately it, well, unfortunately and fortunately people are going to be seeing this documentary and it's being pressed and it's like, unfortunate that these evil things are even out there but it's amazing that God is working in these amazing ways where we're praying against these evil agendas and then this um film was automatically being put out and Leah Faith you were saying about how it was definitely certain parts of it which were hard to watch and certain parts of it which were a little bit vulgar but it was just so like almost like Commissioning to watch that and realize that this is so real. And I know it's real because I do go through public mm-hmm. school, but it's like now this is bringing it to the light. And the demons want to hide in the darkness. And the only way to truly expose them is to put the light on it. Come on. This film is truly just going to bring the light and open, God willing, open the eyes of so many parents that this isn't normal. This shouldn't mm-hmm. be that my child. They told me this is just a phase. This is just going to happen. But then they're making permanent altercations to something that should just be a quote-unquote phase. And I feel like this is just like the light of the Lord shining down on such a dark shadow. Well,
1: I think what's interesting. You know, like, I'm sorry. Oh, go ahead, Leah.
4: Go ahead, Scott.
6: Yeah. No, I was just going to say I I would have liked to see uh, Abigail's mom and Abigail sit down and watch this. And And your mom is a little bit more. I mean, she's an activist, right? So she gets it a little bit more and you guys are in New York. But I would like to see some some teenagers, like you sit down with your parents and I would like to question each and say, were you shocked at this? And find out, like make a list of the most shocking things, maybe things that the parents didn't know and, and the things that the kids didn't know. And my question, I guess for you, Leah, was there, were there things in there that you didn't know or did you pretty much know Everything. Were you shocked by anything in that video?
4: I would say I definitely knew most of that information coming from a public school, coming from living so close to New York. Me and my mom very openly talk about the hard topics like that, just so that I'm aware and I'm not falling down these same evil paths. Because (laughs) like the only way to get rid of these shadows is to shine a light on it. And the light is also having knowledge. If we don't have knowledge about these hard topics, then we're not able to really go through them properly. So I feel like I knew most of the stuff that was being spoken about. There was definitely like maybe very small details of statistics that I didn't really know. But for the most part, I knew most of what was being and spoken
6: And that about. breaks my heart that she already knows this She's stuff. at 15. Isn't that sad?
5: They can't just be innocent at 15, although Somebody, I forgot where the subject of uh, fornication came up and later in the conversation, there was like so much innocence between Leah and I that I I was happy that she doesn't know all these terrible things that kids her age shouldn't know. But unfortunately, because of where we are, it's so, it's just in your face. And I would rather come from me and an educated standpoint than Mm -hmm. have to hear something in school and not know how to handle it. So I speak, unfortunately, more,
3: mm-hmm.
5: more honest because I feel like she needs to be armored. And if she's not aware, then she's not armored. And I, I just feel like that's the best option. This,
1: so, uh, go ahead, Scott. I'm just real quick. This idea, this becomes standardized in everything we're talking about. The kids go through a confusing stage. They do not. It never happened in my generations. Mm-hmm. This is all programmed. This is all because of the education system why there's confusion. It has nothing to do with anything natural, but this is what they want us to believe. Well, kids are confused. It has nothing to do with that. And they're breaking down. There's no foundation of faith for the majority of kids coming in. There's no armor. Then they're creating mass confusion through the propaganda in the teaching, and then it's just game on for demons. It's literally like, oh, there is a soul we can go steal today. Leah,
6: what is the percentage of, the confused kids, transgender, bi, and do you have any of the weird ones, the odd We talked furries. about the furries. We did that Yeah, already. but do, do, what is the percentage of odd balls? I, I know I down. Um, like, I guess, I would say probably,
4: like, in my school, I would say probably, like, uh, I don't know, it's kind of hard. Probably, like, 40... 50 maybe percent what probably
6: like 40 or 50 percent. so we had in a school about 12 about 1200 1800 i think we had one homosexual one
4: 40 or 50
6: like percent
1: okay okay when we say when we say are we saying gender confused or are we saying i mean is this yeah, the can whole you spectrum? Be
6: specific about what kind of the things the kids are, are presenting
4: as that's good i would say everything yeah i feel like yeah, you see so many different kids. And in the beginning, Scott had asked, Is it certain races? Is it certain things that like kind of categorize it? And it's really just the kids. And it's like there's certain kids who will have rainbow hair and have start having different voices. And there's some kids.
6: Would you make oh, different voices? What does that even mean?
1: That's hormones.
4: Yeah. Do,
6: you, do you mean hormones?
4: I mean, yeah, I guess, yeah. Or are
6: they trying to put on a different voice, you think?
4: I think that some of them are just, especially with the guys, are trying to, like, come into that different, more feminine voice, not necessarily immediately hormones. But I do think that eventually does lead into taking the hormones and getting... So they're the-
6: putting on voices.
7: Yes.
6: Because they're trying to seem special. So when they're talking about like, are are they talking about non-binary? Are they, cause you're 15. So it's, you're in ninth grade? Yeah,
3: yeah.
6: So ninth graders aren't really talking about sexuality, are they? They are. This is like part of the
2: conversation at school. They're talking about- their, Was this their... in
6: seventh and eighth grade too? Yes.
3: I was,
5: is... I it definitely starts they're... in like seventh grade. There have been ninth graders caught having intercourse in the bathrooms. What? Ninth at grade school. school. Yeah. Yes. In the bathroom, hmm. oh having my. intercourse, got oh. caught. Like. And the parents are, are angry because the teachers reprimand the children. Mm-hmm. And then the parents get involved and yell at the principal. Well, this is her personal space and her, uh, it's wait, wait wait wait
2: wait <clears throat> they're getting in trouble for having sex in the bathroom huh? and the, the parents are upset that they're getting in trouble
5: yes the mothers will go to school and fight with the principal for suspending the children
2: who are these parents these are possessed people no
1: we it, this is like this is a level of demonic possession across our country that we can't even imagine. So I'm
6: sorry. 40 to 50 percent. You guys, that's not even, I think we're at a, at a that kind
2: of percentage. We're at a crossroads. It's, it's, it's not just
6: condoned by the parents. We're dealing with, especially
2: in the in, in Leah's district here, we're dealing with parents who desire their children to be queer. Mm-hmm. That's just like full stop. That's what I'm hearing. They're they're crocheting the little cat ears for their ears, for their heads, right? they these parents are defending their children having intercourse. Which I don't even know if you can call it that if it's homosexual in the bathroom. Okay. These parents, we need deliverance on such a huge scale. And I'm about to like throw the book, I'll throw my Webster 1830 1828 dictionary at these people because I'm hearing it and I'm hearing it from the church, and I've heard it even from some people that are close to us that demons aren't really real. Deliverance is overrated. <laughs> you tell me. When you have what forty it is, to fifty percent, if it's not demonic.
1: I, I'm I'm seriously just I'm processing at a whole nother level tonight. I mean, this is this there's not much that really shakes me, i will be honest with you. This one has got me just my mind's just spinning. I had we hear about it, and I so value this testimony tonight. We hear about it. But like hearing it when somebody's walking it. It's just like, if I could tell you the the, the acts of war, you would understand, or at the time in Afghanistan, you don't, you hear That's it from somebody. That's what
6: I was like, thinking, Scott. Yeah. It's like interviewing somebody behind enemy lines.
1: Yeah, it's exactly what it is. This is exactly it. This This is literally like we're getting a glimpse and this goes back to, I mean, the film that we're working on, which God showed me the beginning of it, and it just reinforces exactly this, is I'm beginning the film with footage from Afghanistan with my narration that says, Mm -hmm. this is based in some, this is the war I thought we all thought we were supposed to fight. Mm -hmm. And then it pivots to this sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is the insanity of what we are dealing with. We are dealing with, if we're going to say a, quote, invisible enemy, here it is. I mean, we need like an operation deliverance speed is what we need.
6: I think Abigail and Leah, their testimonies will need to be. I was literally texting this right now to documentary. We (laughs) got to
2: literally. We got to sit down with them (laughs) and a note. I'm thinking, okay, at Bard's Fest, April 8th, uh, the solar eclipse, which I'm already counting on you guys going to. We need to
6: get it. interview. Some young people interviews. Well, I want
2: to get specifically these testimonies from Kim and Leah from their schools in the film. You know, you mentioned the word fornication and fornicate.
6: I appreciate that word more.
2: And that's why I was looking it up in the Webster's 1828 here. Kids don't even, they don't know what fornication is because in today's day and age, it's a non-existent term. You're right. There is no such thing as fornicating because... In the Webster 1828, it's lewdness sexually outside of marriage. Right. That that elicits the m- idea that it's wrong. It's a dead word. So you're no, there is no such thing in today's day and age of fornication it's like, because it's, like it's just it's like Latin. We don't I don't even like the word sex, but I'm just going to use it for this sex is sex whether it's in marriage or out of marriage there's no
6: delineation delineation of the two things correct and i saw this clip
2: i don't wow. know scott
6: did you see this um fornication denotes a, a, something bad planned you can't parenthood use that
3: word.
2: came out and there was this black lady came out and said that virginity is a myth yes i've seen exist. that ridiculous it's not a yes. thing
1: mm-hmm. yep
2: so at this point fornication is not a thing your virginity is not a thing
6: we're not going to make jokes about her you saw it yeah okay so at this point they're they're reconstructing she said a lot more everything. things too and 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 such crude language
1: to From teach Planned kids Parenthood.
6: and right there on twitter on all these different things um leah when you're talking to your friends are, are there any any of them that still have a, a sense of of a moral compass is, is any of this make other 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 of your peers uncomfortable
4: I would definitely say my I'm in my school, I'm honestly only friends with like a few people because I always like to just keep my circle really small and just be close with who I'm close with. So my like good solid group of friends at my school are all Christian Catholic based. So I
6: love the Catholics.
4: <laughs> Thank you, Jesus, for the Catholics.
6: <laughs> I'm just but, saying. Let her finish. Keep going.
4: I would definitely say that they're more awake than the rest of my school. Mm. But to them, it's definitely been a little bit normalized. Mm. Like, not necessarily that they would go down those paths, but they definitely see these things and just kind of say, like, oh, that's just...
6: I got you.
1: Well, man, I'm telling you. I just, I talk about it. And I just, I talk about it and I read about it. I think I'm all like up on it. And then I get ground truth and ground truth always just blows your mind. And this is ground truth. This is straight up just like, here's what it looks like down in the trenches. And it's said with just like, oh yeah, this is my normal life, which is horrific for you I have to say, little Leah, seriously. Like, oh, this is what I have to do every day. And I'm thinking to myself, wow. I mean, I... That takes some serious faith to walk those halls. It's.
3: Scott,
2: I'm wondering, Leah, do you have your notes with you? Yeah. Okay. So could you get out the spot where you had put out and you can find it for a second. We can talk amongst ourselves. I want you to be looking for the spot where you were talking about the statistics of pornography. That was right at the beginning. Because, you know, this is, it's, it all goes hand in hand. And I honestly, Scott, have been surprised. Funny me. I always understood pornography as something that like, you know, the fat old guy or the teenagers or the young, young single guys in life. They, that's what they did. Mm-hmm. Single guys that aren't married. Like I, I was honestly naive enough to think, you know, 10 years ago that pornography was a single person's thing, because I'm thinking to myself, if you're married, you're, what do you need with pornography? Or if you're married and you're divergent and you're, what I'm getting to my point that I'm getting to is we're seeing, I didn't know. And all, you know, I can guarantee you, because I'm guessing the, a good portion of you that are watching have experienced this pornography in, in your marriage. This is something you're supposed do you to have sh- your participate in. Leah? Go ahead, Leah, go ahead with your stats.
4: So it's 93% of boys are exposed to internet porn before the age of 18. And 70% of them have spent at least 30 consecutive minutes looking at that. And then 62% of girls are exposed under the age of 18. And that's for like youth. And then 56% of divorce cases involve one party being addicted to pornography.
1: 60%.
4: Yeah, 56% of divorce
6: cases. 56% of divorces. Wow. So what did you say on that Leah? Cause you had some good commentary.
4: I was mainly just talking about, I'm trying to think about the absence of the Lord in these, first of all, in these marriages where one party or both parties feel like they need to be turning towards these worldly things because they're not getting enough, like quote unquote satisfaction in their marriages and we can get that same like joy and happiness and satisfaction through reading the word of the Lord. <laughs> Keep going. Turning towards these things and these divorce cases are happening. And then it's like, well, why did you get divorced? And it's like, oh, well, so-and-so was addicted to drugs and addicted to pornography. And that's 56% of the people who are getting divorced. And then that starts with the 93% of boys that are watching and seeing and being exposed to pornography under the age of 18. That's, or the, I think it was the 63% of girls, I think. Yeah, 62% of girls were being exposed to that under the age of 18. Then they're being exposed to that, that's in their mind, that's in the back of their mind. And then as they come to these marriages and they're feeling these absences, they're turning towards the worldly things instead
1: of turning towards the Bibles. Oh come on! Oh, well, here comes <laughs> he the here, watch this though. Here he'll come the attacks. It'll be something ridiculous like, "Well, how does she know because she's not married?" I am
2: because she's anointed by God. Right. God.
1: I agree with you, but this is this is just it. The, we're hearing the messages correctly from the right people, but the people that don't want to hear it are going to start throwing stones. So it's going to be like well you don't know this because you were divorced and you didn't you didn't ha- you lived a broken life. You don't know this because you're unmarried. You don't know this because you're too young. This is why God's putting the message where he is. So nicely said Leah. Leah Good Little again. Leah. Nicely said.
5: I I can speak to testimony to that situation that it is 100% where a marriage can go very quickly with the addiction of pornography and absence of God and faith in your marriage will 100% drag you down that that pit of hell very quickly and anyone who's experiencing that my high recommendation would be to turn to your Bible pray pray into your marriage, pray into your spouse and do everything you can through Jesus
1: man I'm telling you I
6: the best defense is a good mm-hmm. offense and I think that when I heard Leah do a teaching on marriage mm-hmm. and people were, people would say, well, how would you know you're young? Well, you didn't have this teaching at 15 or 16 years old. So your marriage stinks. Well, I want to know. You the- mess. You didn't have, she has a foundation and her mom is teaching her. This is, this is the right way.
2: I want to take it a step further than just Kim. And I'm not taking anything away from Kim. Cause I know that Kim is hugely instrumental in this. And also just, you know, the great teachings that she's had um, even from listening to like vicariously Scott through like her mom listening and stuff. Here's the thing. This is what I would say to anybody that would say specifically Scott and Leah and I can say it. Kim can say it from her experience, but to have a 15 year old be able to come on here and perfectly articulate actually is the exception that proves the rule. And that's this, if she can know it at 15 years old, By the spirit of God and instruction, but mostly by the spirit of God, because she was saying stuff I can guarantee you, Kim didn't teach her. Mm -hmm. Kim taught her how to get the answers. Mm -hmm. Okay. So if she knows it by the spirit of God and she knows it at 15, it is that fundamental and you who are upset about it are so far from the fundamentality of how we are supposed to be in marriages. The laws of nature, nature's God. It's, it's literally, you have to be so perverse to not get it that a 15 year old can get it. If God gives it to her. Amen. It's that simple.
1: Amen. I'm, I'm, you know, I, you all know, I've done a lot of interviews over my life and I'm, I'm going to be straight. I've been through. Some, I've done some really difficult interviews. This one has got my head twisted tonight. I mean, I don't. I don't mean like. I'm just talking like it's like I'm feeling just like spinning. I saw someone in chat right? "My head is spinning around in circles and circles and circles." That's what I feel like right now. Mm. I mean, just like this. This knowledge of what's happening here, and I we know it's bad. But when we're, I go back to this. It's like here we are. We go overseas. We fight wars over a, supposedly for some demonic attack to the United States, which is all garbage. It's all banker wars. And the real war is being waged on our children and it's being waged by teachers and propaganda and it's slaying these kids. God's going to have an amazing forgiveness for these children. And that's the one thing we have to continue to do is to pray.
6: That's so true.
1: Pray for these kids. I mean, we have to pray for these transgender children that are being screwed up by their dumb parents. And I, you know, I, I probably should give more grace to the parents, but I'm not, and I, I'm just not because that's like, wh- how did you grow up? How did you ever come to think that the child that you have is somehow? We knew
6: better, Scott. Their parents are going to be my age. We know better.
1: I mean, it's, it's common sense. My generation
6: sense. knows. Right.
1: Mean, so how did how did you suddenly come? How does a generation, my generation, your generation as parents, come to the conclusion that somehow, like, the child that they have is? Imperfect and twisted, and that they have to be slaughtered at the altar of ball. I mean, this is this is we are witnessing truly the the we are witnessing the the sacrifice of ball at the altar of ball or Moloch, and this is what we're seeing here. And it's we've got so many sacrifices going on between abortion, which mm-hmm. they love because it's pre-birth, so they can get like supposed super energy close to God or something because they can hurt God more. They say. All I would say is for those, if they think they're hurting God, just look out for the wrath, man. It's coming, and it's going to be Mm -hmm. brutal. And then you've got this other side of this alter, you know, mess these kids up. So as I've said before, there's a number of steps of sacrifice that they gain out of this, and it's important to see it. Once a child gets confused in the gender, that's sacrifice number one. Next sacrifice is when they start taking hormone blockers. That's sacrifice number two. Mm -hmm. Surgery is sacrifice number three. And where, do they, where does 90% of them end up? Suicide. Sacrifice number four. Yeah. That's four mm-hmm. dings. Well, there's
6: five. There's one more, Scott. The shootings.
1: Oh, yeah. There's they another become, one.
6: They become criminals. They do. They that's that's asleep. yet
1: another one. So there's a fifth one. There's five different sacrifices because even the shooters ultimately going to commit suicide, guaranteed. Yeah. Then sacri- and then if you want to look at yet another level of that because there's probably six and this is with the sixth one is when those turned into prison they're going to turn into some sort of sex puppet by somebody and they're guaranteed it's happening mm-hmm. yeah if they don't get murdered one of the two right I mean this this is just the most horrific thing and it's and I saw somebody earlier make a comment about Democrats it's not Democrats it's uniparty stuff this is the entire oh, institution so of our government okay this is what they're doing and they're doing it with joy and pleasure by the way wow
2: man this Scott, is... you make such an excellent point when it comes to politics on this because guys pornography has infiltrated everyone it's bipartisan mm-hmm. and i would say it's actually almost more prevalent in the church than it is even outside of the church it's like it's like a sickness abigail is your mic on
8: They're going too
2: Okay, you got it. You're okay, here. Just, so,
9: let's go. I was trying to connect it.
2: You you got it. So yes. you have been listening. We won't tell your boss while yes. it works. Yes. <laughs> and there's her beautiful mom, Deborah, that we had the privilege of being with this weekend yes. uh, or this week. So, Abigail, what are your thoughts from having watched the film and our discussion tonight?
1: Hold on. Just a second. A second. Oh can you, okay. we, had, we need a better introduction for Abigail. So I'm can sorry. you please, right. please do it? Go okay. ahead.
2: So Abigail is, and our viewers are no stranger to Pastor Neil Peterson. Harvest Revival Center has allowed us to host a whole whole bunch of events there, and they have been a part of everything. The Night of Freedom that we did with Scott Kesterson was in Oregon and uh, the Church of Glad Tidings in California on October 31st. Abigail was there and her mom was there. And we met them and Abigail became kind of the fulfillment of this prophecy that I had given a young lady at Bards Fest named Bonnie, that there would be three more that joined her group. And Leah was a part of that. Another girl named Alexandria was a part of that. And I looked at Abigail and I was like, oh my gosh, you're number four. And she was so excited. And I said, I'm going to message Leah, little Leah. And Abigail went and told Leah Faith, I'm number four. (laughs) It's the greatest thing. (laughs) And so long, long story short, Abigail is the niece of Pastor Neil Peterson and Deborah is his sister-in-law, and she's married to a phenomenal man of God that has that is just rocking it with his family. He
6: pulled his kids from school over trans uh, over like trans bathrooms, right, Abigail?
9: Oh yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, I I wouldn't say I experienced the worst of the worst. Because I've heard some stories, but I've been around. It's like when you walk into warfare you might not quite literally be shot but like your brother next door is getting shot by a, by ammo like we're like it's we're in this war and it's quite literally a war on our children and it's like people people literally have blindfolds over their eyes and it's and it's just watching these things like i watched also sound of freedom in powerful powerful like And it's like these things, some people have the argument, like teenagers shouldn't be watching this. It's a really big thing. And I'm like, it definitely, it did hit me hard, but it was like, kids are seeing these other things. They're being exposed to these horrible lies and they're being put in these, these concentration camps, like you call it. I mean, it quite literally is. And it's like, I have, I'm able to experience life. And sometimes it's like, you either take something away or you add something in. I've added in life and I've taken away that. So I'm. it's it's like we are coinciding with, it's like coinciding with our creator. I'm able to live. Like I I did so much school in the co-room and I, now I have Monday, Tuesday done. I'm able Monday, Tuesday, go on a hike and I'm so excited to just experience nature. Most kids aren't able to experience that. And it's so, I love, I love homeschooling so
6: just yeah okay when you're getting back contrast that you have so much life and and we love this (laughs) contrast that to some of the things uh your teachers did squash you and you weren't really interested in history you weren't really interested in um a lot of things and i think at one point you said you wanted to stand they made you sit you're kind of like a you're 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 kind of like a tomboy
1: you like to jump
6: around you got a ton of energy and that really stifled you kind of broke your spirit a little bit huh
9: yeah it did it, it definitely like sometimes you sometimes like when you do have that personality it always you always feel like accepted in a way kind of when people like saying fan that flame like they are like you should go outside and you should enjoy these things and let alone just not having that but then also like you're crazy that you do this and whatever and I, I'm definitely more of like a like gung-ho kind of person like I just do crazy things and whatever and I just love just experiencing nature and stuff but like they it's just these rooms where people sit 40 minute sessions you have to sit with your friends who are I brought my bible to school and everyone was like jerks crazy lady like whatever and they just they just treated me I don't know they just shunned me down and stuff and it was like not only when you're not accepted but when they when they just squish those dreams, it's hard to just chase after them and it's hard to just walk in righteousness and continue to seek after it because it's like you go in that once and you're okay. But if it's like every day you're tired, you have to do eight hours of school and keep on going and going and going. And it's like it comes to a point where it's like sometimes you are gonna be tired and sometimes it's hard to just keep chasing after those dreams and, and chasing after after the Lord. Like I come home and I was just like so drained. And I, I'm not, I wasn't able to do what I do now. Like I'm, I'm starting up this YouTube channel and I'm like really excited about it. But I, I always just had that little idea. Like maybe I could do that, but I wasn't ever able to do that because it was like, I didn't have time or even just like energy and stuff. Cause it was all drained out of me. So, they, and, so
6: this is,
2: yeah. this is, you need to know something and Scott can speak to this too. What you just described is psychological, mental, and emotional warfare. They do this to people in prison of war camps, okay? They will drain you of all mental capacity, all physical capacity. They will wear you out. They will, you're malnourished. They're not feeding you proper nutrition. They do all of these things so that they then can control you. So they were doing this to you on purpose, not just to torture you, but because then you become malleable and controllable, right? And so when it comes to this, Documentary as you were watching it, and even your reaction was kind of very similar. I mean, you sent us this this huge long message, very similar to Leah's. We have to fix this, and you are seeing it, and you've pulled out from the system so that you can combat it literally
6: from a spiritual. I actually think Abigail's here to tell us the answers. Go ahead, Abigail. How do we fix it?
9: Yeah, first, first of all, rip those glasses off. And see, because we've got goggles on that people literally can look at someone dying, quite literally, and not see that they're dying. They mm. can look at their kids, and I saw this like little meme, and it was like this parent who who asked their kids like, "How is school?" And in it, the kid just throws up like a rainbow, and the kid it's just it's crazy. it's like it hit me deep, and it's like as parents, like you ask your kids how's your day. They're, like, good. I mean, what, like, what better response? Like, as a kid, you don't even want to wear down on your parents, telling them how horrible it was and whatever. Because you already have, like, your own responsibilities in a way and things you have to do. But first of all, you got to see past the void. And you have to, now, I keep on seeing, like, this, like, vision of, like, men, like, grown men who are, who are giving, I, I say men because as, man like the men out there are are chosen to be those like leah faith you said that amazing word that has stuck out to me for a while that vision where the women were out on warfare being like nurses and the men were standing right behind them so like i think it's beautiful how since god created men and women to be different he created them with different roles and different responsibilities and, and different things that we're just inclined more to do and i just believe that the lord is allowing men to rise up and women to rise up but like there's such a strong emphasis because they're coming after these young men and these young women and i keep seeing this vision of like this open treasure chest and in it there's weapons and we're just handing out the weapons and like on the war on our children they said a really big thing that that we can do to change it is to speak and to be be an advocate of saying that there are answers and there is truth but i just think People always emphasize like how prayer can be like a painful thing, how prayers always like shine. Like if you look on, if you, if there's prayer services on a, at a church, like my uncle Neil's church, the least attendance place is prayer times or <laughs> prayer meetings and stuff like that. It's not these huge like events and people need to start getting into prayer and praying those third heaven prayers. And we got to realize that like, when I looked at prayer, sometimes I'm like, Oh, you're just like asking god questions and you're just like talking to him or whatever but you're literally going into those places in the third heavens casting down strongholds and knowing that you are already in the third heavens and you are already casting down strongholds and not only that you're able it says the weapons of our warfare they're mighty in our in through our god and i believe prayer and vocalizing and people standing up and, and honestly not caring because you're gonna lose friends if you're gonna lose people that that are gonna think you're crazy because you're you're the odd one out trying to stand up and trying to hope. So prayer get in war in warfare and handing out those weapons.
1: And I just want to throw in here that was a 15 year old girl.
2: Abigail 16
1: 16. okay, you got an Same extra thing. year. you just matured <laughs> like 20. I mean like like 15 to 16 I guess right So 16 year old young lady they just articulated the entire warfare better than almost every pastor in this nation just speaking it i mean that's we don't even have that at the pulpit i mean i can name a few places <laughs> but this this is happening and she's driving back from work her mom's driving her back from work if you haven't seen it on on rumble so she's giving it on zoom in a virtual pulpit better than I'm gonna easily say 90% of the pastors in this nation.
6: Easy. Mm-hmm.
1: Easy. Right? I mean, Pastor Dave Bryant does an exceptional job. <laughs> Sorry, I just I just drew a plank beyond that, besides we'll Obviously
6: go. Pastor Neil Peterson. Her right. Uncle. Well I don't yeah. So I, I
1: fair enough. Yeah. I don't but I've not <laughs> I been know to the
6: Neil.
2: I mean there's not there's not pastors
1: me. out there. I don't want to say there's not, because I always get dinged by this. People are like, you're too hard on pastors. I'm like, no, I'm not. We're having the, we're, the, the fire of Jesus and the fire of warfare is being spoken by a 16-year-old young lady who literally is not behind the pulpit, who's on fire and still going to school, and is speaking it better than most adults and most pastors in this nation. And the fact is, that's the answer. Abigail, this is mm-hmm. the answer we speak here on our shows, and that's the answer. So it's like, what else does somebody need? And you didn't say
6: a fifteen-year-old because Leah came. I mean, both of them are like neck and neck. I watched them like on a yeah, and, and Leah, little
1: Leah, <laughs> and, I'm not excluding you. So and,
6: and she oh. came like she's seeing more of the the on the ground, so she's doing on the ground reporting. But she also they 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 have the same answers, and it's it's amazing. Uh, Abigail doesn't see as many of the the problems one on one, so she's not going to be able to report on like the what the oh kitten, kittens in the bathroom. 15, um, 16,
1: oh, 15, yeah. 16, We just like that. But,
6: yeah, but I mean, still, they, they're coming together. And, and you guys had said, both of you, maybe Leah, you could jump in on this. Um, you have you have a lot of hope for this generation. Both of you do. Uh, Keep seeing yeah. that. Isaiah 43, 1 and
9: 2. Like, those who hope in the Lord, to renew their strength, they should mind up on wings like eagles, to run in our
6: to walk in. Oh, we lost Abigail. Walk and not grow faint. So Leah, you have, okay, before Abigail comes back, um, Leah, you have a lot of hope. You have answers for this generation too. Yeah,
4: I would just say, like I've been emphasizing on, the answer for our generation is literally just God.
1: <laughs> wow. that's there, there it is. Like we go through this whole equation and it comes down to the right one. The answer. It's God.
2: <laughs> Expound on that, Leah, because I mean, you could leave it there, but I know you've got more to say. on that. That is awesome.
1: Time. What a great answer.
4: And it's the Bible and just bringing people to understand like a lot of people and a lot of teenagers know God and grew up in a religious household where they went to church every Sunday but they didn't really know or have a relationship with Jesus and have a relationship with our Lord and savior God. Like it's just, to me, it's just like the one answer to instead of giving these kids anxiety medications and sending them to therapists and telling them that they're not going to be good enough in school is literally just bringing them to the word of God. And at the Dan Patch revival, this isn't necessarily about our generation, but there was a woman there who me and Abigail were praying for, and she had like injuries in her ankles and in her back, and she just kept saying like, "I want to get off this medication so badly." And me and Abigail were both like, "You need to make your medication God, and this pain is going to go away."
3: Wow.
4: And that is the word we both got at like the same time. <laughs> is that? And she was like in tears just expressing how she doesn't want to have to take these medications anymore and we both got the same word that you have to get rid of those medications and fill yourself with the holy spirit and that you will be healed and that was for our physical pain but it's yeah. also for our generation and the mental tribulations and trials that they're going through is that god can heal you from literally the inside out and back and bring you and that could be your medicine.
6: And you guys saw a miracle. So go ahead, both of you, tell us about that.
4: So Abigail was originally praying for her and this was it was a woman and she had knee injuries and a lot of knee pain and severe knee pain. And then Abigail saw me and called me over and we were both on our knees praying for this woman, laying hands on her and just praying for her and praying for her. And then I got a word and Abigail was praying for her And I stood up and I got a word and I was just telling her, like, you have to let go of the mental connections and the curses that are put and like, just let go of this mentally because we hold on to these, these pains like dwell up from our mental attacks. And then as I was saying that, and Abigail was praying for her, and I was just like, like, how do your knees feel right now? And she looked up and she was like, my knees don't hurt right now. Like my knees always hurt when I'm standing and my knees don't hurt. And me and Abigail both jumped up and she hugged both of us. And she was like walking around and she was like, I don't feel any pain in my knees. My knees are healed. And she was like <laughs> kind of sharing her testimony the rest of that night. But it was just so amazing the way that it was such an amazing like feeling to feel that the Holy Spirit was literally there and relieve this woman from her pain in that moment.
2: Abigail, what are your thoughts on that? Wait, you're muted. Do you need to click unmute? Hang on. Check.
9: There okay. you go. Well, we got you. Okay. So much. It was like, so that was actually the first lady I came up to. And I was like, when I right before I came to it, honestly going into the impact revival, I saw like three things. I saw the Lord saying, like before Leah, you even said this, I kept seeing an open heaven. And then I kept seeing just laying my hands upon people and, and, and then getting healed. And I also saw like this man's And as I went in there, I was like, I just want to lay my hands on people because other people, all they want to desire of this world is just do all these evil things. I want to actually get in the spiritual realm and really do these things. I don't want to just sit in the pews and sit on whatever, do whatever. I want to get on the ground and fight because no one's fighting. And if we like, some people talk about how they want to make a change. They want to do this, but we actually are going to be So as I'm going up to this lady, I'm like, okay, I just like, I just kept on seeing these words and I, I saw this word of her and I, I've never talked to her at all. I've never even known anything about her, but I was like, the enemy has wanted to entrap your mind and twist your mind. And I kept seeing this like unraveling of her brain. And on top of that, I was like, When you go to holidays, when you go to Christmas, when you see your family, that when you walk in the room, you see that your family is bonded and you want to make a change. And I just like, kept have seen this and I was like, it just was flowing out of me. Like, I didn't even know what I was really saying, but then she was like, yeah, girl, that's exactly what is what I feel. And I was like, wow. And it's just like the confirmations of the Lord just built on that. And I just like, sometimes when the Lord confirms something, you're like, okay, I'm on a roll it's good so then I was like do you have any like healing that you need in her body like hips or knees and she was like yeah I have had really bad knees pains and like Leah said she she's like horrible she was on medications like I don't know how much she said like 10 bottles or something like that I might you say she kicked a
6: trash can to try to numb the pain
9: yeah for literally 20 minutes before she came she was like I walked in and actually her, her dad died the day before she came here. Oh
2: my god! And gosh. she
9: didn't, yeah. Yeah. And she was like, he, sp- he spoke in tongues and he loved me. And I, yeah. And I was like, I was like, I want you to know that. And it's so amazing that I've learned that the veil has been torn and heaven and earth coincide one on another. It's like, we're not separated. We're, we're on it right now. So I told her, I was like. I was like, you're with, you're with your dad. Like, you got to know that he he's with you in these heavenly places. And some people are like, you can talk to your dad and die or whatever. And obviously that's not like what I'm pointing at. But like, he is with you in this place. And that veil is so thin that when you're with God, you're with him. And I kept telling her, like, you don't have to be afraid. And I just kept giving her a hug. And, and then she just started crying. And I was like, God's giving you hope. And he's giving you freedom, and he's giving you the answers, and I was like, I just want you to walk out into it, and I think it's so amazing how when we, when people are healed, it's like that's that physical representation of the spiritual, what's happened within their life, and how God is moving, so I was like, girl, let's go pray for your knees, so then I <laughs> got Leah, <we> prayed, <laughs> and we prayed for her knees, and then, and then I was like getting a prayer, I was on my knees, and I was like, I was like praying, and I was just calling out to the Lord, like Lord answer, Lord answer. And I felt the Lord stop me, and I felt Him say that you have to, like, don't stop asking, but stop just crying out, crying out, crying out, and believe, and have faith that it has already happened. And like two seconds later, I look up and she's like jumping up and down, and oh. I give her this huge hug, and I'm like, wow. Okay. And I was like, man.
2: Abigail, just wait one second. Cause I need to, I need to <laughs> utilize this for a lesson. Okay. Because Abigail just got from Holy spirit things that some people don't get until they are in their seventies in ministry to stop asking and crying out for God to do a thing and just start decreeing it and declaring it as done.
1: That's David That's what we right call
2: there. third heaven prayers where you are praying from up here down to earth, commanding things to happen instead of standing down here and just say, God, please do this thing because God wants us to be stepping out in authority. So Abigail got from Holy Spirit. She didn't read that in a book that this is what she needs to be doing. So I want you all to take a lesson from that because so many people you guys send in and Scott does these amazing phenomenal shows on Sundays where you guys send in prayer requests. Don't stop doing that. Those are really powerful shows, but Scott is praying from third heaven and you guys are often sending in prayer requests from like first and second heaven. Like God, please, Instead of instead of saying, "Hey, Scott, Bard's Nation, would you agree with me that this is done?"
1: Now we correct okay. prayers quite a bit. That's all Holy Spirit led, but I'll correct prayers quite a bit, and we do it, and then we wage war, and we have a good time because we heal people. That's good. Cast out demons.
2: So go ahead, Abigail, finish your story.
9: Yeah, but just the miracles of God, and I like there's so many testimonies that I can get that are just like it's not only. What happened, but it's like how God moved, and it's how He transformed. And it's like I just like I kept seeing that open heaven, and there was also this other girl who, who I believe she's gonna get healed, but she didn't get healed yet. But she's gonna get healed, and we prayed for her, and she was like, "Yeah, a like year. I think she said ten years. She's been like bedridden. She has like this cast on her her foot, and she she's taken." so much medication and Leah kept speaking this word that was amazing she kept saying that I love the the emphasis that she made that it's not those medications that are your drug that Jesus is your drug and it's that dependency on our father that like when you come close to him it's like you don't even need that and you don't even you just push that aside like and it, we we come to a place where we're dependent off of our fathers like you you have that fountain of life and you have that source and you no longer need the sources of this world. And those things like, like people say you need to get healed before you go to God. You mm-hmm. have to go to God first and then you'll heal you. And then he'll cleanse you, like come to him and he'll, he'll heal you and bend you and transform you. So we just kept praying over this girl and I just kept on seeing just like that open heaven. And I just kept seeing like angelic principalities just coming over her and like literally unwinding those that past and literally just taking it off. And I just kept seeing that. And I I haven't seen it into fruition yet, but I'm, me and Leah are gonna come into prayer. All of us, when we are on the Jesus revivalists, we're just gonna get into prayer. And I believe she's gonna be cute. Amen. And God is just so good.
2: This is but good. That's, yeah. So um, here's the thing, guys. If any of you lack wisdom, let him seek of God who gives liberally. When I was their age, I was kind of, Leah will admit, Leah Faith will admit that I was a little bit ditzy.
6: You were working on it.
2: What I was consistently (laughs) praying to God for was wisdom, knowledge, and understanding in everything that I think, say, and do. And I would pray that throughout the day. Mm -hmm. I would pray it every night. And... God gives liberally to those who ask. So I want you guys to look at Abigail and Leah and Deborah. if you're willing to come on here for a second, I do have a, a question or two for you. Um, but I want you to look at these girls and their moms and see it. God is no respecter of persons. And Paul Cantrell says this all the time. There is no junior Holy spirit. There's just Holy spirit. Right. Okay. exactly. Right. And so Deborah and her husband, Nick, have been doing a phenomenal job of raising up children. They have two other kids, three other kids, excuse me, raising them up to be warriors for Christ. So Deborah, if you could speak to parents, clearly you've done a phenomenal job. So you clearly have the, you have the answers. What would you say to parents who are like, I don't even know, I want my child to be like an Abigail or a Leah I don't even know where to begin. What would you say to them? No pressure. Well, She's thank driving. Thank
8: you. Thank you for the compliment. Yeah, sorry. I'm, I can't look at the thing because I'm driving. Don't
2: look at the camera. Don't
8: look at yeah, the camera. Yeah, don't look at the camera. Okay. Um, well, I feel like I've been blessed in the sense that I married into this amazing family that is really firm in their faith. And my parents were actually uh, with Wycliffe Bible Translators. So I'm a missionary kid as well. Um, so my my family was amazing too. But I did feel like when I married my husband, my uh, my faith just got a lot more, more firm than it, than it had been before, firm in the word of God and in seeking him. Um, and so hopefully just us as parents doing that ourselves sets an Mm. example for our kids that That you know we're reading the bible and we're praying and we're doing our best to share love um within our family and you know failing at that but then saying we're sorry and um so you guys look
9: amazing
8: we do talk a lot we do talk a lot about god in the bible when you're underestimating like
9: <laughs> yourself you do amazing so what i'm
8: what i'm hearing yeah. from you
2: deborah is this <laughs> and i literally got teary-eyed as i'm listening to you because it's so important you're saying it's not as much what you're instilling in your kids it's that you need to do it yourself like and then it just spills yeah. out into your kids am i right
8: yeah yes absolutely so if, if we weren't walking in faith they wouldn't probably be either so thank you. Yeah.
2: yeah. <laughs> that is so great. Okay. So <laughs> this we've ran a little bit over, but we wanted to make sure that we included um Abigail and Deborah coming in here at the end because they had to work. Um <laughs> so yeah. we, we were having a very last minute show here it. that we we're putting together. Um final thoughts and then let's go ahead and pray. Abigail, what are your your kind of final thoughts here for tonight?
9: man so much I mean God is he's not limited he's he's so real and he's so alive he some people put him in a box but he is so he's there for us in every single moment and I believe that some people see this the war in our children and they they get hopeless and they get fearful Mm -hmm. and they're like oh we're living in the end of times or whatever and they this false kind of perception comes to them. But we've got to realize that our God is a God of hope. And not only hope, but in the midst of that, we're not just survivors, but we're livers. And we're living and we're hoping and we're we're walking in freedom. And the Lord is allowing us to be like, like, I, I thank the Lord that He put me in this time in this generation. Cause like I'm like, I honestly love walking in spiritual warfare and fighting against these things. And I see these things and it doesn't, I'm not at all saying it makes me happy, not at all, but it makes me realize that there, that there is a God that comes for vengeance and justice and righteousness. He's here for us in every way. <laughs> that's so that's good. good.
2: Yeah. <laughs> okay. We have a God that's uh, you know coming for vengeance <laughs> and
1: justice. i
2: He's here for us in every way.
3: Yes.
1: <laughs> little <laughs> Leah, good. little Leah, what are your last thoughts?
4: Obviously, my final thoughts are just to the parents and to the teenagers. It's just to keep pushing towards God
3: Mm. because
4: those evil things may seem easily accessible and easier to get and pushed in our faces, but that's never going to bring you to a full life. But living, following Jesus Christ, and repenting for our sins and being evangelists, evangelists. And going out and sharing his word brings so much joy into a life, families, households. And my final thought is just that we have to use these documentaries that are coming out to commission us to go forward, press into these fights, to push through this evil, not through ourselves, but through God, and know that God is using us in these ways for his mighty will to free the children, to free the parents, and to just Bring
5: back heaven on earth. Even
4: with you people. It's too good. (laughs) Sorry.
2: I know that I say God's no respecter of persons, but clearly my shocked face when they, when these words come out of their mouths proves that I kind of am still a little bit biased and judgmental towards young people. That is so good.
1: That is so good. It
2: blows my mind.
1: So I just want to quick word from quick word from pastor Devenise and to both, uh, Both of our moms here tonight. You've taught your daughters how to get answers, answers from the giver of knowledge, wisdom, and understanding. What an example you have set!
6: Come on, that's
1: so so good. And one other word. I'm
6: going to need the ambulance.
1: One other word from Pastor (laughs) Devineis is pastors have to take responsibility for the fact that we've missed it, we've avoided things. Now some of us are picking up the mantle. Be hard on us, Scott. Hold us accountable put our hand to the fire. It's helped me oh, a that's
2: lot. Good. Come on, Devonese. No, oh. That's mm-hmm. from pastor Devin. And yeah. if any I pastor out there is not repeating those words.
1: Yes. Like it's good. So Leah faith, what are your last thoughts before we go to prayer?
6: I am so utterly proud of these disembodied adults that are in children's <laughs> bodies. <laughs> well said that's all i gotta say you guys it's like you're it's like you're living out the the fullness of who you are and these ladies sent me messages this morning on the war on our children and i was racking my brain do i take leah's message do i download it do i upload it these girls are going to have a channel um they're called the what is it the revolutionary revival revivalist yeah that what it is is that, uh, i don't know revivalist Rev- or revolutionary Revolution. Revolution revival. Oh, yeah, so Revolutionary Revivalist you, on YouTube. You, they'll probably need a Rumble channel, too, because if they start to get really out of control, they are already they might out of control.
2: When, when is this might... thing
1: launch?
6: It's already on YouTube right now. Yeah, it's just one video up so far, right?
2: So it's
1: both, it's both Le- Little oh, Leah actually, and Abigail? Three.
6: three. Actually, Leah, did you yeah, put yeah. your marriage one up? No, She's no, not, not, really. up. not yet.
1: So okay, it's so it's, the, it's Little that. Leah and, and yeah. Abigail? Yes. Well, then mm-hmm. we need them both on tomorrow night.
2: Okay. All right. Leah, you've been commissioned to so come you on guys, with the, Scott. So on. I'm
6: so proud. I'm, my brain is working. My brain has been working. They send me these little Marco Polos and every single one, I'm like, this needs to be a video. The rest of the world needs to hear what you guys are saying to me because what you're saying to me is so pure. It's like, it's like this, this gold, right? Okay. What? I don't know the purity of this, this gold here. Nine 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 nine. nine, 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 nine. nine. What when, when you when, a lot of these when, when these girls send me the videos, they only send me their very best, by the way, because I'm a, they're in another little group where they send a bunch. And it's, I mean, even just Abigail's worship and then the way Leah articulately took notes and broke it down this whole documentary. And I'm just like, God, please let the rest of the world hear these, th- these girls' um review on this and how do I get it out to the world? And then Scott was going to go somewhere. And I'm like, I wonder. And then here you are, and and Devaney's popping in, and
1: and and, and Elon Musk launching his tweet two minutes before <laughs> that, we go live. That Just want to point it out.
6: Musk, I'm that out. Elon Musk, I want to repeat that one them. more. I going to repeat it one more time because yeah. I looked at I looked at Twitter as I was coming over, and I'm like, wait, what? The exact moment at ten o'clock that y'all went live,
3: mm-hmm.
6: Elon Musk tweeted <laughs> out the documentary that you are reviewing. At the exact, like, minute.
1: Amen. Okay, what, God. What are we're the listening.
6: odds? This is, what this is, let me explain to you what this is, because we were feeling pressure before pressure before the Dan Patch revival, and I called Scott in, and Scott did this huge prayer, and Tag and Becky did an amazing job, and they're praying, and and, and then Eli, uh, uh, um, this documentary came out for free, which got it out to hundreds of thousands of more people, maybe even millions, I don't know. And then, and, and I knew and I felt something, because... What we were doing at the revival was bringing prayer and healing to the individual to raise them up to become warriors. When you come to one of our revivals, you're not just getting receiving, you're getting commissioned. So every single person that's there is now commissioned with the mission. Mm -hmm. And the mission that we had in Indiana was to take down Alfred Kinsey and all this gender nonsense. And so it works, it's working. And 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 I, what I love for these girls, not only did they see a healing man, they saw several healings. I could somebody got their back healed. Somebody got their foot healed. Somebody got their whole body. I mean, there was healing, 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 healing. And I, I haven't I been, lost count of how many people got filled with the Holy Ghost. This When you are part of a place where people are like, and I got healed. My mind is just like, thank you, Jesus. Okay. This is amazing. And as this is the spirit of God is moving. And then tag said this prayer that you had prayed and Lord take down this Kinsey because it's causing the sicknesses. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, we, we moved heaven I and mean, you guys understand when we're praying these third heaven prayers and we're moving in the governmental places that's why we're doing this and it's working because these principalities and powers are what have control of your kids minds and when you go at the root of the principalities that have controls of, of of our minds then the system falls it's like in that that hunger games where she shoots the arrow up to think uh, you know they they're fighting in the matrix right they're in the in the system of the hunger Games system they're fighting within the system but then they took down the system okay and so what we did in the third heaven prayers as you're doing and you're fighting in the system you're taking down the system and and scott and bards did that they did this amazing prayer to the snakes and the gun it's just absolutely powerful you can can listen to that and then i see at literally the next day oh this documentary and i watch it like oh and alfred kinsey and Seekus, and i'm like Nobody knows those names and now they do. And now they're gonna research. And that's another thing and another thing and another thing. And you girls are being a, you girls are a part of literally changing the world at the root from the third heavens and my- So Tag and Becky continued
2: to have revival for like three days
6: afterwards. They had deliverance for three
2: days afterwards. And then now, if you guys- if, If you live anywhere near Indiana, their small group meets in this place where literally we prophesied and saw that there is a window of heaven opened up every Saturday
6: 302 West Plum Street, Oxford, Indiana. And they're going to be going after every Saturday. The, the Kinsey Demons because this is this is what happened. Now, I'll just let you guys know a, a fun little thing. I prophesied over Tag that he would be in a governing position over Indiana, in in a, in a governing position. I said, and Jeremiah, I said, say not, I'm a child. Don't say that, don't say that you can't do this. And you said you're a Jeremiah. And then, Scott, you got a word on Jeremiah that same night. Oh, about we, literally, we
1: literally asked in the prayer. I said, Holy Spirit, show us the name show us the name of who will sit in the, in the, in the seat of the, what was the principality? And I said, Jeremiah, okay. I said, Jeremiah. So, and I said, and the name was, it will either be a name of, of flesh or it will be a name by God, but either way it will be Jeremiah. That's powerful. That yeah, was huge.
6: So, and then Abigail got a word that she I, saw yeah. a
9: tag handing out weapons. Okay. And on top of that, I'm in shock because I literally, literally that morning the lord woke me up and it was the word he said "Prophesy, prophesy." And he kept saying prophesy said a man i was like what so then that very morning that you said that i read all of jeremiah well no wait we, not all of it but like most <laughs> like kidding, you did not
3: this is good I this is good
2: i wouldn't put it past no. abigail anybody else
9: i would flat out call a liar like abigail could have done it but I read Jeremiah and that the Lord spoke that same thing. So we all got like the same word about okay, Jeremiah. Okay, tag. There we that's
2: go. A, that's a that's heavy mantle, brother. That's so awesome.
9: All right. So oh, here's goodness.
2: Scott. My final thoughts are pretty simple. Yes. On all of this,
1: I'm getting something up.
2: We, you guys, if you're listening to the sound of our voices here tonight, you are part of a very specific, special, elite team of, of warriors for Christ that are commissioned to do something very specific, and that is to eradicate the perversion in our nation. This is a commission and a mantle that has been given to Bard's Nation and given to the Resistance Chicks family, and you guys are here for it. And you're watching the miracles unfold, and you're watching another generation rise up, and I want to see a lot of you that have been praying for your family members to be bringing your young people to the April 8th event in brookville ohio for the solar eclipse revival that's now and also if you can't make it to ohio you're going to be able to go down to eagle pass in texas with uh rod parker and um the ags and banners for freedom and Mm -hmm. doc pete so i told
6: told jamie about that today
2: yeah she didn't know roberts agreed to it jamie doesn't even know she does now (laughs) because we're doing something different this is and abigail your message tonight had said generation R for revival revivalists this yeah. is, and, and like Scott says, revival is repentance to turn and go the complete opposite direction. But we are being commissioned. This is a, a, this is a team of, of, of elite special forces that God is commissioning. And you guys have been being prepared by listening to Scott, by listening to Leah and I over and over and over again. It's not just been for nothing. This is, how are we going to turn our nation back? It's not about taking our elections back. It's not about doing all this stuff. It's about literally going into the spirit realm and just decreeing and declaring it done. And it just manifests. And you're going to be a part of that. This year, 2024, is going to be a year. It already has been, unlike anything you've ever seen before. So look out and buckle up. And I want to add one last thing before we go into prayer, Scott. And I know that this is unexpected, and I hope I have permission to do this. And even if I don't, I'll ask for forgiveness later. Um, Leah and Kim are here tonight. And they're doing this. And what they're not telling you is that they are under a spiritual warfare attack all the way down to their even beautiful home that they live in right now. Okay. And God is going to do a giant miracle, but they need a miracle. Okay. They need a big, big, big miracle. And so I've been in the position where they're at, where it's like all day long. It's all you can think about. It's all you can pray about. It's pressure. It's stress. And for them to take time away from that, To come here tonight, very last minute, and be able to minister to you guys in our prayer tonight. I just want to pray a giant breakthrough for them, that God will have them in the land that they're supposed to be in, in the home that they're supposed to be in, with every bit of finances that they're supposed to be in, and that they have all the time in which they need to be able to do that. And if anybody just so happens to have any land they feel called to give them, by all means, let us know.
1: You needed to ask permission for that, No, you don't. It's the way, the way we. That's what we do. We just need. What I'll tell you. Um, this is Kim and Leah, right? Uh huh. So Kim, can you um, just send us? A, we need a prayer for tomorrow for this too. I'll try to remember it, but if you could tell us more detail for tomorrow, we're gonna we'll nail it tomorrow with our Sunday morning prayers as well. Thanks. So that would be really good. I'd like to do that. I'm. I'm just gonna a couple things before we jump to prayer. Um. This was the the verse given the other night, and again, as I literally was going through a lot of stuff coming out of the revival, there's a lot of warfare coming on, and I just said to God, I said, all right, just show me what you want me to focus on. Closed the Bible, pulled it open. Where did he take me? Jeremiah (laughs) 45, 3 to 5. So I'm going to read it. You said, oh, woe is me. For the Lord has added sorrow to my pain. I'm weary with my groaning and have found no rest. Thus you are to say to him, thus says the Lord, behold, what I have built, I am about to tear down and what I have planted, I am about to uproot. That is the whole land, but you are seeking great things for yourself. Do you not seek them for behold I am going to bring disaster to all flesh, declares the Lord, but I will give your life to you as booty in all places where you may go. So this is a good verse for me. I like it.
8: (laughs) You
6: know, listening to Scott read the word and to apply, you can sit in a hundred sermons your whole life
3: Mm.
6: and it's not going to, it's Reader's Digest. You can read three scriptures, and you just transported me to another level. This is this is the power of the word when applied correctly. is is like a a, a healing salve.
1: That's good. That's good. No, it's powerful. We've had a lot of warfare this week. <laughs> yeah, a lot. Had some big break for this today. And really, the, the the key here, which I, I really think is, is I'm just going to add this, because this is, we are, we've talked, the three of us here, Leah, Michelle, and I have been communicating today about some very specific warfare, and it's really some very, very good words, and the ultimate thing is, and it's been reinforced here tonight, and so important, as these two young ladies reinforce it over and over, is listen to the Holy Spirit, and just lean in, and let go. You know, what's amazing here tonight is there is, I can tell you visually, nobody other than what I just read right there, nobody has been sitting here reading from Scripture. Everybody's been reading from their heart and what the Scripture is on their heart. God's written it on your heart. It's there. You just have to lean into it. And I was having my little pity party today about time in the Bible and stuff. That was me. But the, the fact of the matter is that when we lean in and we know God's written that on our heart, We have the power of Holy Spirit to change the world, and if there's one thing that every single Sunday we are reminded about is we aren't putting hands on anybody. We're literally putting hands on in the Spirit, and we're transforming lives. If we can do hands on in the Spirit and transform lives anywhere in the world, we can literally shred every single principality, break people free, and just to point out. We went after it a couple of times now. We have gone after the Principality of Ohio. And I can literally start tracking by time when we tore down that Principality and huge shifts that are happening. We yeah. have a sheriff now that comes forward warning people about what's to come. We have a person running for Congress right in your area who has literally come forth and said, at the risk of going to jail and losing my campaign, I'm going to tell you the truth about the FBI program that was related to J6. We have a senator in in a sitting senator in in DC who has now openly said what the whole thing is behind the Ukraine funding. All this, there's three of them. Plus Christine Taylor and Ken and Ken and Christine Taylor, Kevin or Kevin. Kevin. Kevin, um the minute we tore we down, their, our, what's that? And we
6: had our House and Senate override a, a veto. Uh, of That's right, Governor Mike DeWine. To this, to this point, where he vetoed a bill that would ban uh, girl, boys, and girls sports um, and transgender surgeries for minors and hormones. And our governor, a Republican Catholic governor, vetoed that. And we, and our House and Senate stepped up and overrode that veto. All this is passed.
1: all this has happened including what's going on some big breakthroughs in East Palestine all of this happened post tearing down the principality in Ohio yeah. everything's been freed so it's now the pressure has to stay on and the pressure has to stay on brutally and like decimate these you know I say this I've said this a couple of times and then we'll just let's we'll go to prayer after this but for those who are looking like, like getting in the fight and you, you're all the 2A type man just get in the sword of the spirit you can slay any demon you want and it's legal. And like it's cool. And you,
2: exactly. You don't go to jail. Don't it's totally go to legal. Jail. It's
1: totally legal. You don't need a. You don't need a hunting tag. You're not going to go to jail. <laughs> I mean, it's just like how many demons you want to slay. It's like go. It's there. You know. And and it, you can. And if you want to like do like the video game thing and like I want a super flamethrower with a big rocket launcher on it. Go ahead, man. That's cool. I'm sure God will give it to you. It's all good. <laughs> You can envision anything you want Spirit's in the spirit.
6: Yeah, just go for well, it. Right? Pastor Neil talked about mass deliverance. It's going to be more than the sword.
1: That's true. He did.
6: Leah and I can pray anytime.
2: But, I would like to hear Abigail and uh, little Leah pray.
1: Absolutely. Let's, let's yes. do it. Let's go. So, Leah,
9: you are me? No. Can we start up? Okay, let's She's go. <laughs> go. <laughs> okay. Let's go. Yes, Lord God. Lord, we just come before your throne and father God. You are so worthy. We want to just thank you so much that you are here in this moment here now. God, I just thank you, Lord, that we are bringing heaven down and that heaven is beginning to to see what we're doing here in this place and that we are we are coinciding with the angels and Lord God that we are sending those angels out on, on assignment Lord I just want to thank you that those angels aren't sitting out there bored but they're that they are doing spiritual warfare and I just want to thank you Lord for your power and for your majesty God I just pray that you would begin to rain down and I believe that you're raining down and I believe that you're coming down. Lord I just believe and I and I step into the fact that you are in every moment in every single waking moment when we seek your face you are there and you are here so father god we just pray i keep seeing like this cloud and there's this rain that's inside of this cloud but you've given us the ability to to strike that cloud and rain rain is going to come down and lord god we have to step into that and i thank you lord that you're giving us the ability to allow your heaven to rain down on this earth and for revival to begin to wake up and that you would begin to awaken us for this time and for this season, for, for such a time as this. And God, I just pray right now that you would open up eyes and you would open up ears to see and to, to hear and to listen. Father God, I just pray that you would just begin to awaken our senses and awaken our hearts to say that this is the time here right where we are right now. I just pray that you commission those who are listening to this and those who want freedom and those who want victory. God, I just want to thank you for the testimonies that went out on the war for our children, Lord, that they are they are mighty because we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. And I thank you so much that you are allowing us to do warfare. You are allowing us not to just sit on the sidelines, but you give us the gear. You give us the breastplate of righteousness and the sword of the spirit. And you say, it's time you go. It's time you don't just consume. It's time you produce. It. It's time you fight. It's time you get into this and Lord I just thank you that heaven is beginning to break out and not only that but that we are walking in heaven heaven airship heaven authority and we are kings and, and priests and we are queens in the kingdom of God and that you are allowing us to be what we what the word of God has has said and declare that we are and that we don't just read these words, but we step into it and we believe it. God, I just pray for the minds of our children in the name of Jesus so that you would begin to change their minds and their hearts. When I, I speak against this demonic, this Alfred Kinsey, this spirit who he manipulated and he literally Allow two twin boys to commit suicide, to try and change them and transform them and, and allow them to walk in these evil forms of sin. That is evil. And, Lord, you view that as horrible. And you see that and you just sit up in the heavens and you laugh. You say, the enemy will not tread on me because you you shall read the end of the book and you will be overcome. And you, and the enemy is going to start getting scared because we're coming at this. And we're fighting. And we are standing on a stable ground. And, Father, God, I just pray that this word would go out and that we would continue to fight this. And every single day we'd wake up and we'd get ready and we'd be ready and we'd have such joy to go ahead and to keep running and to keep fighting. Like Paul says to keep our eyes fixed on on the prize and fix on the gaze. And I pray this in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen.
1: Ooh, amen. Go ahead, amen. Leah. Amen. come amen. before your throne.
4: And we are just so grateful for you, Lord. For the things that you have in each and every one of these people in this Zoom call and watching this Zoom call, Father. We are grateful for the families that you've commissioned to go out and to stand firm in their faith with you, Father, knowing that you are working through us and working through them, Father God. And I just declare that each and every one of these teenagers who is confused, who is turning towards the way of the world will have encounters with you, Lord, that they will realize This is not where I want to be going, Father God, and that you will speak to them, and they will just become commissioned, and they will stand up, they will walk out of these public school systems, Father God. I pray for uh, revolution in the parents, Father, that they will no longer feel that these things are normal, and they will start to preach you, preach Jesus in their household, Father God, speak life over their children, Father. We are so grateful that this is coming into fruition, that this is happening, Father God. We are so grateful for the movements that have been happening this past week, for the testimonies of healing, for the testimonies of newfound faith, Father God, and we just continue to pray for the hearts of these children, Father, that these children who have been subjected to these evil things, Father, no longer feel that those evil things have any authority over them because you have authority over all demons, Father. And we declare that you cast these demons out and bind them and gag them back to the pits of hell, Father God, because we know that you have full authority over all of these evil things. And these children, Father, you hear their hearts cry more than any of us. And we know that you are here to divinely protect each and every one of us, Father. We pray the hedge of of protection in the body of Christ, body of armor, oh my gosh, over each and every one of these children, Father. And we are so grateful that these testimonies are breaking out, that people are coming to know you, Father. We pray that people will see you in their dreams see you through their day-to-day life, see the signs of you, and realize that God is real. God is moving. And we know that you're a real Father God, and we are just so grateful for you. Jesus, my name, amen.
2: Amen. I don't Scott, have much. You want to round? I, I don't know how you want to follow that up.
1: I'm just going to say life. I want to make that the prayer tonight, and if you're good, we should be in agreement. I'm good. I'm am Amen. I, you, you two young ladies just knocked it out of the park. There's not much yeah, I have left I muted to add.
2: We've our microphones, Scott, because Leah and I could, Leah Faith and I could not stop laughing and amending. I can't, I've, girls. Nicely done. I know that your moms and your family are responsible for your amazingness, what God is ultimately, but I can't, I'm literally beaming from ear to ear. Like, we've been telling Scott about you and you did not disappoint. And so, I'm so proud.
1: So I'm just that gonna close. I'll just right I'm just gonna now. close with one prayer because we were asked, and it's for for Kim okay. and Leah. Okay, All right, go ahead. So Father God, I just want to ask for a massive blessing, and for Kim and Leah, yeah. and just for this moment in time, we're just asking for resources of heaven and doors that only you can open, Amen. to now be open to bless them with. The solution to this housing issue. Bless them with whatever that grace is that you have in your heart for two beautiful people who have stood the fight, stood up to this evil, and continued to save the children. They're nothing greater than the gift of that in, from heaven. So, Father, just ask for a hedge of protection to be placed around them, and with this Holy Spirit to flow through them, and truly the resources and the f- the full resources of heaven to be unleashed. And may they be may the things that they need right now to lift up that weight on their heart. May that weight be taken and Jesus just walk with them and walk them through that door that sits before them that is now opened and to just give them that direction that they need to go, that now this weight is now lifted and that opportunity is open and that solution to the housing is now presented. And we declare these things in the name of Jesus. Amen.
6: Amen. 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 And the word I got to give you peace, uh, Kim, was that you have a family now. Bard's family is your family. Hmm. And and they're gonna make sure, and we're gonna make sure you guys are okay.
1: Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll talk about that tomorrow too, which will be good. Wow, what an amazing night. You two ladies, you two young ladies are inspiration. I mean that. I think everybody that's been here tonight has been lifted by a 15 and 16 year old young lady, you ladies, that have reminded us truly of where the power sits, not just in the heart of the little ones, but also just in the passion of the love of Christ and the Holy Spirit that flows through you. And it flows through you like water off a cliff. It's beautiful. I mean, it is just pours out of you. It's like going up to Multnomah Falls and watching that. It's literally amazing. And it's, it's amazing to witness. And it's humbling. And I just, I really think that what we're seeing here, when we see two, we know that there's a thousand more. It's just mm. in the fold. So and that's really the word is that you two, and this one thing I'm just going to say is you two are carrying a flame. And you're carrying a flame and a spark each of you two different locations so light the tenders and let the forest light and start to fire because that's what you're doing you're lighting that that forest fire under that ground fire and let it just wake up because the the prayer that little leah you called and what you both are hearing is that the children are going to stand up and they're gonna stand up in the name of Jesus and they're gonna tear the system down from inside and take the authority back and use all the authorities are giving to you since you can apparently change your gender without parental control. Now light that fire and take this school down and bring it to the ground and take it over and start taking it over in the name of Jesus. That's nonviolent, that's just flipping tables. Just so I'm clear. Okay, so, so I good. saw Leah and Abigail
6: with the holding a candle like a light and then saying here, mm, take this light and light your candle. And it, you were just so joyful and handing it and there and, and people taking the light and the light. And I just see all these lights lit up everywhere. There's
2: something really powerful. Mm-hmm. And, um, Scott's going to have Abigail and now also Leah on expedition cafe tomorrow night, which you guys know is a very unique show that Scott has, um, resurrected. Um, What I keep seeing for both of you, Leah, because I know that you also instruct uh, jujitsu in addition to being there like five, six days a week. I mean, this is your life. You live it and breathe it. Abigail, you live and breathe worship and music. And what I see between the two of you, just spiritually speaking, the the spiritual representation of what jujitsu represents and Scott's a martial artist as well. So I know you guys can talk about that tomorrow, but what that represents in the spiritual, and then also to be able to war through worship, mm. warring between these two things in the physical and the way that that translates into the spiritual, I think should be the direction that tomorrow night's show goes, Scott, because I'm just feeling that that spiritually they, they have both been given a physical representation of their spiritual anointings.
1: Yeah, and come prepared to get your channel expanded because we're going to push tons of people over to your channel. I want people following it, subbing on you, and I want it lifted. So we're going to jam it. So we're going to get ready. Awesome. So that's good. Are we good?
6: I think we're great. This
1: is an thank awesome show. Thank you for
6: coming on. And
2: right. thank you, Kim of and course. Deborah.
1: Yes.
6: And but- don't forget on Saturday, yeah. we've got Pastor Devin one week from today. Co-creating with heaven. You
2: can go to resistancechicks.com and go to the show and event calendar. And there is an event bright link. It is free. You just need to register if you live anywhere near Dayton, Ohio. Um, we were, we're going to be doing homesteading basics, prepping basics, instruction classes and stuff, um, all day long on Saturday, February 24th. So yeah. next Saturday,
1: Sierra Poodle said already subscribed to their channel. So we're already getting the motion. Because
2: Patriot Galleries already <laughs> put Let's it go. in the
1: chat. That's good. Okay. <laughs> <No>. All right. <laughs> You'll get it good. We'll, we'll get you up to, we'll get you up pretty quick on this. All right. We're good. Moms, Thank you. moms, moms. Thank you very much for allowing your daughters to be with us tonight. (laughs)
2: She's telling everybody to go to bed. Thanks, Deborah. Yeah,
1: so (laughs) thanks thanks for allowing your daughters to be here tonight. It's been a pleasure and an honor. Yes. All right, patriots, keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil, never relent, always press into the fight. God is with us. He'll never forsake us. And in the end, God always wins. But we are here in this time and this place for just such a time as this. We are at war. So walk boldly and fearlessly with Christ. Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Subdue the enemy. Mission forward. Patriots, tomorrow morning, prayer and healing. 7 a.m. sharp Pacific. Let's rock it. Until then or until the next time, God bless and out for now. (laughs) Thank you all. Have a great night.
7: All right. Good night. Oh, I want to feel something. I just want to breathe. Oh, I want to feel something Let me get back in my body